Hey guys, this is the Comic Vine Podcast for the week of December 14th, 2012. I'm Sarah. I'm I'm Sarah. Um... I'm here with uh, Tony Guerrero, the editor-in-chief of ComicVine.com, and Corey. It is one of those days. I thought you were going to say Amazing Sarah or something like that. No. (laughs) Can I just say one thing Um, about not related to comics, but that I just mentioned to you? Rise of Guardians? No, 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 no. That makes me really sad. Oh, yeah. If you you want to start on a downer. We can start on a downer and then start talking about comics, which are... Happy. All right, go. Um, so that shooting in Connecticut, horrible. Mm-hmm. Elementary school, yeah. 30 kids died. Really bad. So I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Like, it's really bad. And it's like the next town over from where my family lives, which is nice. So, anyway, um, that's the downer. Yeah, that is... And so it is, you know? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, it's it's been a while since we've had anything like that. Oh, it has not been. No, anywhere. Portland was this week too. Oh, There's a mall no shooting in Portland. Well, I'm talking about like schools. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as a former high school teacher, sure, you know, yeah. I mean, that was like a, a huge thing, and you know, we, we have to do drills. And <laughs> but in elementary school, Oof. yeah, that's 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 right. insane. That's, I, I'd hate to yeah, think no, about that. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> let's talk about some comics. Two nicer things. Are you talking about Rise of the Guardians? <laughs> All right, so Tony's yeah. wearing a Jack Frost hoodie today, yeah. and then I asked him, "What do you What do you mean, Jack Frost?" And I thought he was talking about the uh, Claymation movie, which everybody should watch. And I know that the uh, a big chunk of this audience is probably is that Rudolph or Herbie the Misfit Elf? No, there's 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 a bunch of them. There's like uh-huh. Santa Claus is Coming to Town was on oh, yeah. like last week. Okay, my daughter mm-hmm. we just watched are that they, last night. Are they for- like on Hulu or something? Because I remember Hulu would do. Or would show some of those. Um, a lot of them are like an ABC or ABC family, it seems like. Are yeah. they owned by Disney? Or, or CBS. It depends who has the rights to them. Mm-hmm. Like like Rudolph might be on CBS. Like Rudolph and Frosty. I have a feeling Frosty was on, on CBS. Welcome home. Um, Tony. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I never, think, I think. You, ne- you never miss an opportunity. I'm wait, waiting for my... my you know what I, what I just noticed? I didn't realize. In what? our lobby, uh-huh. there's a Christmas tree. Sure. Just no, notice what color it is. Uh, orange. It's orange. Yeah. It's like CBS. Everything's orange. The walls are orange. Yeah. It's like our everything. badges are orange. Well, no, not everyone's badges are orange. No, it depends on what kind of an employee you are. Yeah. They just dis- they distinguish between you based the on the color of your badge. You guys are separate but equal. It's Ours are segregation. Orange. It's tracking. Some people's are green, and other Ooh. people have blue ones. Yeah. So if you're CBS corporate, you're blue. Mm-hmm. And if you're C, uh, should I say this? <laughs> uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe maybe let's hostage situation. All right, let's... you need to let me to the corporate. Or, or like we're gonna start seeing like people make fake badges and be like, yeah, why is my badge working? What the hell is going on? <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. Corporate, damn it! I mean, our badges don't say where they're. Different. Oh, but I guess we can talk about colors, and they don't know what the badges look like. Yeah, so maybe. But I don't think people really care. Whatever. They don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> anyway, uh, what about Batman? What, what about him? Need no badges either, actually, apparently. actually, picked this cover as one of my favorite for this week. It's a great cover. Now, Corey, yes, is there a, a, a second regular cover? No, not that I've for, seen. Because um, 
on the, the, the Comic Vine page um, for for this issue. <laughs> there was one, while you look that up, I'll, I'll sort of relate a hilarious anecdote that for, I think, whatever Batman title came out last week, it was either Dark Knight or uh, Detective. Detective. Used the, the exact same yep. cover as Batman 13. It used the Capullo mm-hmm. uh, Batman under the Joker mask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a little... Little little tired of those. Yeah, um, which I guess <laughs> they, seem, they seem arbitrary too. I mean, it, it was neat to, when they first did it. You know, it's like the, the cover. The well, it was mask. neat for Batman. <laughs> yeah, and and like um, which we'll talk about in a second. Like you know, Batman and Robin. Right. Has has Damien under which it doesn't quite fit over his face. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you can barely see his eye. Um, okay, so I'm pulling up Batman 15. Now, if you want to come over here for a sec, sure. this is a, it's actually, um, the, the preview image oh, well, of the, 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 the teaser image yeah. of, of Joker holding up the, the, the face and you just see like, you don't see his face. It's all shadow. You just see his teeth. I feel like that was the, I feel like that was the cover for the last issue. Now the last issue was, um, Joker in front of oh, the monitors. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm not kicking you. I'm singling. No, no. People can't hear you. Oh. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, get away from me, Corey. <laughs> this is my area. So, <laughs> no, so, you're right. <laughs> so I don't, I mean, cause I don't think that's a variant. I, I haven't seen that. Um, cause there, let's see. Cause well, maybe it is a variant. Maybe it is a variant. Is it usually the variants are done by someone else. So this one was by Capullo because then, no, there's a black and white variant. Hmm. And then the, the digital, which you guys should look at these later. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, you might like this one better. Oh yeah. Um, the the <laughs> digital, you know how the digital has a different color usually. Um, around the Joker is kind of like a brain. It's like like pink with like veinies and. Oh really? Oh really? So it's actually it's, it's uh, the the regular cover with just the white is is very simple. Like the white silhouette of the brain hitting his oh, eye. Can I see? Do you have it up there? I have it up here if you Hold want. Hold on, I'm going to go around. <laughs> Walk over here. This is <laughs> this is like most logistically <laughs> music musical chairs here. Um, so people are like, like, what? I can't see. So go to the Batman oh, page, cool. and so you, you can see the different covers. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah. I mean, I really like the the t- even though we've seen it as of the first teaser image. I really just I think Capullo did an awesome job, and they're just showing the bloody torn face. Well, yeah, and it's also kind of a what is he like? He's because he's in the shadows completely. So it is kind of this like what does he look like underneath there by this point? Yeah. So um. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I, I like the regular cover, but I don't know. There's something, something about it. Maybe because I just like the other one so much better. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do like it. Is is freaky because Batman's got Joker in the brain. Yeah, so. exactly. It doesn't he just? <laughs> so um, or Joker's uh, in his head. Listen and, up, dummies. <laughs> what, what? That's Ben Grimm. Oh. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? You call me a dummy? <laughs> no, I just like, love his little... Sanford and Son? Yeah. I just love all his little, like, quirky phrases. Well, I know, now he's... Because they, they called him a dummy when they were... Yeah, 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 on yeah. YouTube, and now he's calling everyone else dummies. Mm-hmm. You, you guys know what Sanford and Son? Oh, yeah. Dummy. You big dummy. No, no, I don't. That's... It's the big one. I don't know this. Coming to join you, Elizabeth. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> it's a, it was a sitcom about a... Red, Red, Red Fox? Yeah. Nope. And Red Fox and his son. Lamont. And they, they owned a junkyard, and it was called Sanford and Son. Yeah. You should look up the old episodes. I will. I don't know. Maybe it was a CBS show. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was Wait, Tony. And I used to watch. Um, you didn't I, I, I used to Because well, I don't think it was. So I, I, don't, I can't say because I don't think, know if it was. Oh. I, used to, I used to watch it on syndication, like on, on Fox. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a Fox show. I mean, this was like Fox before it was Fox. Wait, what? The, the, the show. The phrase was just one Fox. 
Red Fox on Fox. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Sanford and Son. Fox before Fox. You know that song? No. You've never heard the Sanford and Son theme. Oh, Sarah. Sarah, you Your have not. knowledge of 70s, 80s sitcoms is despicable. You have not Sorry, lived, Sarah. I was alive. I was born in 1990. <gasps> <Finally>. <laughs> I saw that comment on, on YouTube. Sarah wasn't alive in, in the 80s? And I was, I was like, gotcha. Oh, your secret's out. Oh, I can't believe. But this is like. Back to bed. <laughs> I mean, I thought everyone reckoned. You, you, you've. you've had to have heard the song. It's, maybe it's just because when Corey and I are doing it, it sounds like it. It, does, it doesn't. It, it sounds. It sounds like it to you guys. Yeah. But to someone who doesn't know it or isn't familiar, yeah. maybe not. Are you going to play it? Oh. No, sorry guys, I don't know the song. Oh my goodness. No, I don't. It's referenced on Scrubs. I don't watch that show. Uh. All right, we're good. <laughs> well, you're going to keep going, huh? This is the, the iTunes preview, so I can probably get away with this royalty-free. Oh, that's that's all your, your preview. All right. Okay. That was on preview. So um, preview. Batman is going to be turning into Sanford's son with Damien. Batman yeah. and, and Damien are going to open up a junkyard. Well, originally the movie was actually going to be Batman in an auto body shop. And, like, yeah, and that's that's why Joker's got the, Alfred the, was be... the, the Joe body the worker right. suit. And also why that rockabilly Batman is so cool, because that's actually kind of what the original concept for the movie yeah. was. <laughs> yeah, um, there's actually a fan page. We're totally sidetracked um, for, for the rockabilly Batman. Um, there's a it's fan a page. Great, it's a great concept. There's a fan page on um, Facebook, and it's, it's Dennis Medry, Dennis with one N. Um, he's an Italian artist and does a great job. And he's, he actually did a San Francisco image before. That's incredible. All I, right, I, it all comes together. We we just yeah, justified so, so the last go. 10 minutes. I, I feature him all the time on, on Awesome Art Picks. And um, that would be like perfect for Scott Snyder to write. Scott yeah. Snyder and Dennis Medry. Cause, rockabilly Batman? Because, oh, you know, yeah. he, he did kind of like that um, rockabilly arc in American Vampire. Like when he you know, was in the 50s. And, and, that would be, and, and Dennis Medry has done character sketches for like everyone. For, like, for, for Nightwing, yeah, for it's, Joker, for and Penguin. they all look really like unique. Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. But going back to Batman 15... <laughs> As we're um, ten minutes Which into the podcast, <laughs> that first page is oh, yeah. is something, and I mean this this is Greg Capullo showing how creepy Joker is. I think he's the. I mean, I hate to say it, but he's the one artist that really does make him creepy. Yeah. I think a lot of artists just make him look kind of goofy. Which we'll get to when we get to this. Yeah. Or the well, um, other one. <laughs> there was um, certainly some creep in that, but. Also, yeah. what I, what I, I don't I don't want to sit and just Scott Snyder is the best and all this. But oh my this, God, you guys. this this first page, <laughs> I, 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 now I know there's a couple people that don't like this because Scott Snyder not always, but a lot of issues he starts off with a, a bunch of prose where he right. describes something, sets something up with his history of the city or whatever here. Wait, what are you saying? People don't like to read. Some people don't like to read. And what some are you doing reading comics? Pick up my picture books to look at pictures. Um, <laughs> read, you can read Owly. Owly has no words. Owly. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Owly's adorable though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I even my daughter has a plushy Owly. Oh. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cute. Um, so this first page, it's can it's, I have it? You gotta fight my daughter for it. You'll never get it. She'll never give it up. She seems scrappy. Never go for it. She will never give that up. What? Why? It's well, one of her beloved stuffed animals. It can be one of my beloved stuffed animals. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, going back to this, 
So, um, I'll make sure she. I'm gonna make sure my daughter locks her windows now, so you don't like break in. Break uh, in and steal her, her, her stuffed her stuffed animals. Yeah. So say if if you're here rustling at your window, that's Sarah. That's what I do. That's what I do. Sarah Lynn is the on the weekends. <laughs> on the weekends, I'm not online because I'm out stealing. Well, you you, you did steal um your sister's copy of Watchmen. I did. Yeah. You yes. broke into her window. I did. Went through the window. And there's there's proof of that, what which we won't get into. All right, that's enough. Like Going back to this issue, as I'm trying to, <laughs> I've tried so hard to delete that evidence of that permanently. So you're, but... you're bringing it up. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Putting it out there on the internet. Um, so what I love about this is is I, I like because you're, you're, it's like you're going into Batman's mind and we don't really see that a lot because we know Batman can be to everyone. He's always prepared. You know, he's doing all that stuff. But what I like about this is he's talking about looking at people's pupils and how they dilate. And, and some people might say, well, how can you tell? Like if you're across the room, you know, he's probably got sensors and stuff on his, his, his eyes so he can zoom in and, and see someone's pupils. So and he's, he's talking about how you can tell, you know, what a person is thinking, what, if they're about to do, if they're about to make a move or, you know, if they're lying or something like that. So I just love how Scott goes into the detail of that. And it's just, cause this is what goes on in Batman's mind. And I just think it's, it's brilliant. It's not something you know you probably really think about. Or, it's you risky know. too. It's a risky thing to go into Batman's mind because then you reveal like if you can't write it just right, like it's it, it becomes this whole like oh that's what he's thinking. Uh. <laughs> uh, so which does not happen here. This is <laughs> yeah. So um, there there's one scene where we do kind of see underneath the Joker's sure. face where he gets punched. Yeah. I see a little bit. The mask um, gets skewed. I mean, the, the, was Joker's face ever treated? Was the skin treated? I don't know if there's any mention because, you know, in the early issues of Detective Comic when this happened, you know, I, I read a couple of those, but then I, I don't think I've read all of the Detective Comics issues. So I, and then Suicide Squad, it was, it was mentioned. Right. Um, you know, it played a part where, you know, Harley gets it and puts it on, on Deadshot and all that. I don't know. I mean, because if, if, it's, if it's been a year... I mean, first of all, the skin underneath has got to be all scabbed over and just yeah. nasty. Um, but it's like for the, for the skin, and I know you can take like leather, you know, leather is essentially skin. You can tan right. it or do whatever. So it's like, was something done to the Joker's face? Maybe that, they tanned it. In order for it to, to not have decomposed or, like, or deteriorate. Like Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. Because, I mean, he's like stretching it out and everything, you know, right. as he attaches it. So it's, it's, it's pretty gruesome. Um, so great issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of stuff like last issue, you know, Joker mentions Batman's got a secret. So we, we find out some stuff about that. There's a flashback to an early, um, early time in Batman's life. We'll just say so that, that that's cool. Um, I don't know if there's anything else we should say about this, except it's, it's, it was a great issue. It's, yeah. As, as usual, it is like pretty much the best book on the shelf. I think the, the, comes out. the last page of the, the main story, this like really makes me want to know what Joker's up to. Oh yeah. And I won't say anything about that. And the backup. Then the well. backup <laughs> with um, Riddler, yeah. which again, I, I don't think that's a secret. Um, and right so, there. cause <laughs> uh, people, you know, Scott has said, you know, he's got a Joker story coming up or I mean a Riddler story. And yeah. you know, I, I am sure it's not going to be, I don't know if it's going to be a long arc like this. Or anything, um, but the the question is, what is his Riddler going to be like? Because yeah. you know, we I kind of hope they don't do another like cross book crossover. Well, because um, in in Batman number one, we see Riddler, right? And he's got a question mark mohawk. 
Yeah, that was weird. But what, what Scott said on, on the other podcast, he said that was just a joke. He's like, it's like he's not going to be like that. And <laughs> well, that's good news. Yeah, because so with the Riddler, it's like you know, is he going to be the tights? You know, one wearing tights. Is he going to be the one wearing a suit? Is he going to be yeah. smart? Is he going to be silly? And so, um, it seems like smart based on this background. Yeah. Story. So, so Scott has talked a little bit about that, and here you can see that this is you know, how Riddler should be. I mean, Riddler should be an intelligent guy that tells riddles that you know kind of tips his hat a little maybe too much sometimes and well and joker actually makes that point at, at one point it's like if you didn't leave those riddles he'd never figure out what you were doing <laughs> yeah so i i can't wait um so great issue while we're on batman um batman and robin i thought this book was all right but i thought it had one really great moment <laughs> Which My, was when damien wakes up just that full page splash the image the the upside oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like what yeah. the whoa whoa that, that was, is so that really messed up creepy. yeah that. with all the maggots and everything with the you know yeah, what the my inversion. only real problem with this issue is that it sort of explained everything you know the classic like villain versus hero scene where the villain like walks the like the viewer through exactly right. what he's they going to do <laughs> oh gosh well, it's I, so overdone i feel like that kind of happened in Batman too, but I think the way he, the Snyder did it was a little bit different. Because so it, it starts off from from the last issue in Batman fifteen. It starts off when he's all tied up by the the chattering teeth with the wires, and he's sitting there. And then when things are about to get you know heat up, Batman escapes. So mm-hmm. it's like, how did he escape? Why did he take so long? So I think he was trying to get Joker to talk to find out more like what he's up to this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I mean, you kind of get a little bit, that, but yeah, I agree that there is a lot. But this was like Here. this was very explicit. Like, I'm going to do this, right. and you. I mean, the way that Snyder's been been going about this, the by telling the 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 reader what the premise is, has been really vague, and, and he's just been sort of going along on the surface of of the primary issue, which is the Joker thinks or the Joker wants to eliminate the Bat family members because he feels like they're they're getting in the way of his relationship with Batman, right? Mm-hmm. But that's never really, like, I don't feel like Snyder really ever came out and said it just like that. You know, he's alluded to it. He's used different ways to sort of it's talk like- about it. But here in Batman and Robin, Peter Tomasi just, like, tells you exactly. So do did, you um, know what I mean? I do exactly because Anne... Um- who, who's writing Nocenti. Yeah, Nocenti did the exact same thing. I mean, come on, guys. Like, you're writers. Jo- yeah, Joker explicitly told Catwoman, like, that... Oh, okay. Like... She's making Batman soft and all this other... Like, pretty much exactly what he says here. My which, prom- which is kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of um, Patrick Gleason. Yeah, I know the art's um, good. Yeah. But there's a couple times the way, like, Alfred looks yeah. on this first page, his hair... Well, it's a little like Jay Lee, but without the like sort of muddy, like without uh, the muddy uh, background. So it's, it's got a little tuft of hair. Yeah, it does. But then um, the other part. So you know, I, I love the way he draws Damien. You know, it looks and like that that Joker yeah. it, it, image is good. But there is some points where you know we we kind of see a little bit of of Riddler. I'm mean, Riddler <laughs> of Joker's face underneath and. It just, I mean, there's some, some points where it, like that, that first image of, of Joker here is great, yeah. but there's some other ones in here where it just, it doesn't look as good. Yeah. So it just. It looks a little too cartoonish as opposed to like grim. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just cause you know, you can see like 
the you know a little bit of the skin underneath and yeah i'm wondering not, if there's like an editorial edict about like in the in the tie-ins you've got to explain what he's doing like more i don't overtly. know it's just weird that that has popped up in both of the major tie-ins i think it may have even been in batgirl uh i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean i, I, so, yeah. I wonder i'm and i don't again i don't want to just you know anytime something goes wrong blame the editors but <laughs> um can i kind of jump a little bit the my favorite death of the family cover mm-hmm. is the walking dead 105 <laughs> I mean this this image of of, of Carl. Yeah, and then the Joker is reflected in his pupil. It's exactly it's exactly like <laughs> it Damien almost. It's a close up. So I'm gonna we normally don't do this, but I'm gonna jump to this while I got this here. Right. It's Walking Dead one of Are you caught up, Corey? Oh yeah, I'm. Oh, my, like, it's real good. So um, so this is a point where I'm always like tiptoeing around what we can say about, the, but it's like people should know. Something. I mean, I'm not. Nothing I'm not. Huge happened yeah, here, and as I'm, long as we don't give away what happened in 100. I, I mean, yeah. Know. So in issue 100, basically, <laughs> the survivors have been in this community for, since like issue 80 or something like that, mm-hmm. and you know, now we're in 105. There is this other larger group of people run by this guy named Negan, and and he. I, I thought it was Negan. 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 Or with an N. Negan. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, there's another debate we can have forever. Mm-hmm. People say it's that's not right. Yeah. So, anyways, um, this he's he's like going to give the governor a run for his money. Yeah. In, in terms of of how evil it is, so he has this huge community, and he's basically raiding other smaller communities, saying you need to give us half of your supplies, right? And or otherwise, we're just going to obliterate you guys and do all this. Not even like for protection, like just yeah, it's just a threat. It's not even like, and we'll keep you safe from the zombies and whatever else. Like he just is like, give me half your stuff, <laughs> and and so that's that's where it's at now, and then um. Carl basically gets himself put in a bad situation. Right. But the the kicker here, it, what just it made me feel so uncomfortable is you people should be aware that Carl has a a head injury. Yeah. And I won't I won't go into specifics even though that was like in the nineties. So when when it when it happened. <laughs> yep, way back when. I mean, a few ish, I mean it was it's been at like yeah. No, but that was back when everyone had giant guns and it seemed really like they didn't shoulder, have the shoulder pads. Yeah. And all that. So it was like issue ninety something, I forget what or I don't even know if it was I don't remember I don't what issue. It was that recent. I think it was even further back. It couldn't have. I mean, it, it had been. It was either in the 80s or in the 90s. Right. Because, like, around 80s when No Way Out, I think, or whatever, when they yeah, first yeah, got yeah. there. So I think that was. I think it was in No Way Out. Maybe. So, anyway. So he gets a, a, a head injury, and I won't go into specifics about that for those people, you know, reading the trades, catching up. But the thing is, we never saw underneath the bandages. So here we see, and it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. It's. it's it made it almost made me sick. Just I mean, and, and even the guy was even this like ruthless, vile, like bastard was like, oh man, that is messed up. <laughs> yeah, so it's, <laughs> and, and you know, we've definitely seen worse things in, yeah. in the comic book. Maybe it's just because it's Carl and he's sure. a kid, but it's just. It's, and I it's, like I like Negan because I feel like he's he's more nuanced than the the governor was. Like you, we get to see like a little bit under the surface of like this this exterior, whereas like the governor was just kind of this like straight on. I, I don't know, like something about this guy grabs me a lot more, and that's actually kind of makes him scarier. Um, <laughs> speaking of governor, I, I mean, I guess even though we're talking about comics now, let's do a little segue to um, Walking Dead TV show. Sure. Speaking of governor, um, one thing I, I have to say about this season and the governor is it, it seems like they've kind of changed one bit of him from the comics. 
one bit of his history. It's not something I want to give away. I mean, um, he still has a daughter, mm-hmm. like in the comics, and you know, I, won't, I won't say anything more about that. You know, they <laughs> saw her like it was like uh, I think it was like three or four episodes before the mid season finale. But if you read the first Walking Dead novel, which right. is basically the, I think I don't remember if it's called Rise of the Governor. Earnings, but it's like it's a story of the governor. Like what was cool about the book? The road to the governor. Yeah, what was what was cool about the, about the book is you you actually see the Walking Dead universe like right when um the stuff goes down. So it's like right right afterwards. So you know they're they're surviving, and you know so it was really cool. And so you get to find out like who he is, what what made him, you know what what he was, and all that. But in t- in typical um, Kirkman fashion, there's there's a, a a pretty big kicker. I'm sure. And <laughs> I and like I said, I, w- I will not you know spoil that, but it feels like there like that that element has been changed from one little 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 thing that that happens. Well, I mean, the, you know, plenty has changed in the in the TV series. Yeah, but I mean, this this was something that was what. I mean the the book was good, you know, and but it, I mean it was, it was it you know it didn't have the main character, so you know you, you know some people might not like that as much, but with this one thing, it's just like like whoa! I mean that was like like pretty pretty crazy, and it's like it's completely gone. So. It's also actually where the Walking Dead uh, game picks up is like before Rick wakes up, so it's kind of you get to see again everything as it's going down, as opposed to everyone just being used to it. And that game has all five episodes out now, so there is no reason not to pick it up. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, going back to what about Batgirl? What? A, uh, what you, it was better I, than usual. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not. Um, Which <laughs> review this or read this one? Oh, you didn't. Okay. I, I didn't get a chance. I, I, I read the the previous issue. And I, I I liked it, you know. Seeing, except for her her outfit, we, we talked a little <laughs> bit about that. It's um, it's it's better than they've been. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. So there were a couple things that I thought were kind of silly, and and I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. So Joker lures Batgirl to this uh, bowling alley where he has Barbara's mother tied up in a chair with a set of explosives, uh, under the chair. And he's threatening to blow her up and level the complex. Meanwhile, he's also got some snipers along the perimeter of this bowling alley. So then he tells Barbara that he's going to marry her, which is why she's wearing a wedding gown on the cover of the issue. And she has to go to the chapel and put on a veil and whatever and get ready. Otherwise, he's going to blow her up. Right. Why didn't he just tell her to go to the chapel? <laughs> like, there's like half of this issue, or at least maybe, maybe like a third of the issue, that takes place in this area. Mm-hmm. Totally unnecessary. Like, all of the... he She could have bypassed all of that. Right. And it's almost silly because he could have still had the mom there. To watch her daughter marry the Joker, right? You know, I mean, it, it just seems kind of silly, and then it creates this sort of like weird moment because Barbara almost gets hit with a sniper bullet, right? Okay, and then she dodges it, right, because she's so good, right? And uh, <laughs> and um, 
then she's like, well, I don't know. I guess I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. So I should just go do this. I don't know. I just thought the whole bowling alley thing and him on roller skates, that was just goofy and unnecessary. Other than that, this is a good issue. Yeah. And the premise is pretty cool. And I didn't feel like Gail left, uh, like gave a lot away because we still don't know why Joker wants to marry Barbara and why these things are happening. So that's all good. But that was my biggest problem. Yeah. It just, it felt inefficient. <laughs> it felt a little super villainy. Yeah. But like in a, in a very, the whole like, monologue yeah. thing. <laughs> not a fan. No, not so much. Also, there was, I guess we can cover that in news. There was some <laughs> Gail Simone news. There was some Gail Simone news, which we can get to later, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I, maybe while we don't always get to news, but. Yeah. Um, if there's nothing else, we might as well just talk about it. Now. I mean, <laughs> so it, it came out, she's no longer going to be the writer for it. Yeah. And apparently no one's more surprised than her. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I, uh, we, we did not run a, a story on it in, in the news because. There, we didn't have the full story. Yeah, there, there wasn't anything to say. I mean. What came out is supposedly, and I, you know, she, or not supposedly because you know what she said is, is she was fired over an email through an email. Yeah, and you um, contacted her, and she didn't want to talk about it in yeah, detail. Yeah, so I because you know, but but when we say fired, we mean off the book, not from the company. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we don't know the full details, and 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 I just didn't want to sensationalize. You know, here here's some really bad thing that happened. Um, Let's try to get traffic hits off of that. Right. But on the other hand, you know, if, if she did get screwed over, it's something that, that you know, people should be aware of. But it is also news. <laughs> yeah. So I and the, 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 I mean, the reality of it, when, when it, it first came out, I was I was watching cartoons with my daughter. So it's like I'm not going to, you know, say, sorry, sorry kid, <laughs> I got to go hop on the computer again, even though I was on in the morning and, you know, it's Sunday. And then um, later – in a day, there was already like a couple threads in the forums. I'm like, you know, I got nothing to add to this. I, I, I'm not, I, not going to speculate. The, I mean, there wasn't anything to add to yeah. it. And it, she's got it covered. Like she's been posting all that she wants to post on Twitter, and that's pretty much all that's known. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't want to beat a dead horse yeah. with it. Um, How did it come out though? Well, um, Bleeding Cool had posted some stuff before, and then she addressed she, it. Well, they said that she was leaving the book, mm-hmm. and then she's like, no, yeah, that, you know. But then it turned out that, you know, it, what I think because it was like, it was, see, I, I don't even know. I, I don't have all the details. I think it was first suspected that she was leaving the book on her own terms. And she's like, no, I'm not. And yeah. then, you know, so I don't know if at that point she had the email already or if the email came after that. I mean, with, with, with you know. That would be way worse if some news organization knew before she did that she was off well, the book. If, if you call them a news organization, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know. All, a lot of gossip and you know where, yeah. the, where they're getting their information from and which i mean there's been times when that's even worse than if yeah. some gossip rag knew before she well and, before and that that's that's it. the way it works is you know a lot of times they they find out things before other people that should know know yeah. so i i just i didn't want to get into that i mean it's it's unfortunate like oh, and then you know scott snyder tweeting about himself leaving swamp thing so i'm like okay he's he's saying he's leaving the book on his own terms here's a detail he's saying why yeah. He's putting this information out there. So I was like, okay, I, I did a, a, a report on that because there was information. Right. So with, with, with Batgirl, all we knew is that there was an email and that was it. So it's not like, you know, is it something she did? Is it something editorial did? Is it something she didn't do? Is, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's just we didn't know. So I, was, I was 
just didn't want to get into it. Um, uh, then there was, is this the only Suicide Squad? Was another. Um, I did not read this. Um, <laughs> so this one, it is, this is, this like almost shouldn't have been a death. Actually, maybe it wasn't. Okay, I take that back now. So this wasn't a death of the family because it, it doesn't even say that on the cover. This, except Joker it's, is on the cover. Except it's, it's joke. This is because this is really about Joker and Harley. Um, my, my problem with all these, these books is it's like when – how the heck is Joker doing all of this? He's it's like when does he find a, find a time? It's like I understand he was gone for years so he could have sit, sat and planned everything. But to see how you know he's targeting Batman, he's targeting Batgirl, he's targeting – he's got Damien and he's with Harley. It's like – I think it's in the three days that Batman was out. I think that's what's supposed to be when all this is going on. There's just, just a lot going on and it's like – and it it's just like, like, it's like, like perfect timing – because, oh, here comes Damien at the zoo or whatever. So it's like he's going to be able to, to, to deal with him instead of being somewhere, being in Manhattan and, and, and putting a, 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 a leaving a clue, I'll say, in Teen Titans 14, I think it was. Because, you know, it's like, and yeah, maybe he's got people that, that do little things like that to leave a clue behind. But it's like that's the thing, you know, he's going to be going after um, Red Robin. He's going to be going after Red Hood. Red Hood. Yeah. So it's like, how, where is he finding the time to do all of these different fights? So in Suicide Squad, this is mainly about Joker and Harley. And one thing that, that kind of bothered me a little bit, it's, it's almost like the same thing, is he wants to transform Harley into like the perfect Harley, what he thinks she should be. And you know, he, he threatened like, you know, cutting her face off before and, and all that. So it's almost like he's, he wants to do the same thing that, you know, with, with Batman. And it's just like a, a retread on the story. And there's the abusive relationship they have and, and sure. this and that. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, there were some some interesting things between them. Sometimes the art slipped a little bit for me, and you know, I say Harley's costume is absolutely ridiculous. Well, and seeing her her <laughs> fight in the costume, I mean, some of the fight scenes looked a little sketchy, but then just seeing her fighting in that is just. I mean, outdoing Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, <laughs> like in terms of che- the cheesecake factor, was, couldn't have been easy, but they've managed to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, the Arkham, <laughs> Arkham Asylum costume is better than this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's... That's basically a corset. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, there's some interesting things here and um, some abuse. There, there's one little thing that kind of revelation that, that Joker makes about Harley, sort of. That's a little interesting. I won't spoil that. All I can right. tell you later, Corey. You want so like on the last page, or no? It's just um, just a little interesting tidbit that right. you know. Just, I guess kind of a little look into Joker's mind, and uh, and yeah. So that was one of the cool things. And then there's a tiny bits of of Suicide Squad in there, right. <laughs> but it's really about them. Speaking of cool things, and actually Arkham Asylum, that was actually kind of neat hearing their sessions, hearing the Harley Quinn Joker oh, yeah. sessions, the, like when she when you find the tapes. For her him <laughs> yeah. anyway um cable and x-force i liked this i thought this was a good intro book um what's well, it's salvador la Roca, so yeah the uh, art is is gorgeous and it's actually really different than what he was doing with iron man it's a lot less it's a lot sharper yeah mm-hmm. and i love the interaction with havoc and yeah. and you know he's talking to i mean it's basically it's his nephew yeah. and he's like telling him some stuff um i do what I really – another thing I like here is – so the Uncanny Avengers are there talking to Cable and then Captain America wants to do something and Havoc's like, like no. He's like – Yeah, you know, he He good. takes over and then after – obviously it wasn't the best decision and, and Cap's like 
really? Yeah. <laughs> so I like that because that was what we brought up before about having all these different leaders. And, you know, that's a situation where I, I think I mentioned, like, if, you know, if, if they're fighting the Red Skull, Havoc shouldn't be the leader. Yeah. But if they're dealing with someone Cable who Havoc has an edge on, then, yeah, right. he should make these decisions. But he may not make the, the best decisions. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there there's – I like – it's about cable and forge. So we see some interaction, you know, about his arm and there's stuff with, with Domino. <laughs> like a joke of Mike Tyson to her. <laughs> Come on, Sarah. No spoilers. Cable, um, Cable's arm has gotten even more ridiculous. <laughs> but even, see, even he will admit that. Yeah, no. And I like that. I like that they, they call it out. And then, um, if people were wondering, hope is in here. So, yes, you get, get some more of that. Which is cool. Which is also really cool. Yeah. She's not on the cover, but that's not really a spoiler. Cause I think, because I think they've already put out previews for like first three issues. Right. I mean, before this issue even also, came out. Also, she doesn't do anything revelatory. Like, she's in the book. Like, yeah. Eh. So, um, we have Avengers Arena. Have you, are you, do you have that, Sarah? Are you, yeah, I have that it. Is over okay. Here you go. Do you want to hold off? No, you, you can go ahead and I think talk you kind of know. I mean, we're obviously we're not going to spoil things. Yeah, about I was that. just yeah. going to glance at it. You can, you can hang on. Besides that, our, the, the, can I at least do we know who the villain is? Can I or is that? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, we know the villain. It's Arcade, and he looks like uh, Calypso. From I thought it was Up. Arcade. <laughs> it's only if you're French. Charge. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, he uh, he looks like Calypso from Twisted Metal. I'm wondering if that's a coincidence or if someone wanted to really make that evocative. <laughs> there are some extremely angry people. Oh, I'm sure. Over this book, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so. Because we posted a review on Monday, and I mean, before people read the books, they're just just hating on the book. And I, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything, you know, I, I get where they're coming from, because there's a lot of people that really love some of the characters yeah. in here. You know, and, the, you know, the Avengers Academy characters got really well developed over those 37 issues, 38 issues. Something like that. <laughs> and then, so the way the book looks like, it's like, here, we're going to take all these kids, all these teenage characters, we're just, they're just there so we can kill them off. Just waste them. So a lot of people are saying Dennis Hopeless, he's, he's you know, sadistic or cruel. Hopeless or, indeed. All, all this <laughs> stuff. And and the thing is, he also wrote Cable and X-Force. Right. So he had two books come out this week. So the, the premise is Arcade. I, I think, again, I think this is a situation of jumping the gun a bit. I think we should wait and see where the book is going. I honestly, after all those issues of Avengers Academy, I really, really, really don't think they're just going to kill off most of these characters. I don't know about that. I, I so, don't know. Maybe they are. But, but. The, the premise is Joker. I mean, Joker. Jeez. Riddler. <laughs> He's got Riddler. brain, too. I got maybe Riddler. it should be you on that cover. Um, <laughs> my goodness. Arcade has always been a, a dork of a villain. He's, yeah. he's had, he had murder. a giant bow tie. <laughs> he had murder world, which wasn't ever really a world. I mean, and he, he was like, but you could say he was a mercenary. He, you know, he people, trapped the X-Men in a pinball machine. People would, would hire him and he would put them in these deadly traps and, 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 and the intentions of, of killing them and kind of making fun. You know, people can watch this or whatever, you know, whoever paid for this. But he, he's stepping it up. So now he's, he's got a bigger platform. So he's got this arena, this island, and he somehow kidnapped 16 kids. For also, some re- reason, he's I, somehow gotten superpowers. <laughs> well, no, not really. He's it's technology. I mean, has he always been able to? It's it's, techni- like that, it's it's his whole island is probably rigged. Right. I mean, I don't think he has superpowers. He has he has a, a volcano elevator. Well, yeah, and it was probably like a built-in force field. I mean, that's all. And you know, he's probably got like some remote control in his pocket or something. 
So he, he kidnapped these kids, and the, the premise is just like Battle Royale or Hunger Games where they all, you know, only one's going to survive 30 days. And they need to start killing each other. And they're not, they're like, no. So it's, it's going to get brutal. We yeah. see there is death in this issue. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, a lot of people don't like that. And the th- what, one, besides the, the premise of just killing just to kill, right. I don't like that the first page starts out on day 29. Because then yeah. it's like, okay, you know these two characters are going to make it. Well, yeah. But it's like you don't know what else. And, you know, so that. that I, I be- like the NVIDIA Res device, so I'm kind of okay with it, but. But but the thing is, the whole thing like when when we see death in this issue, it's like you don't know who it's going to be. But so so now, for as long as the series goes, we know those two characters are not going to you know they're they're safe right until then. Um, well, maybe it's going to focus on everyone else. <laughs> I just the, I mean the, the question is how long can this last? You have sixteen people minus, and I'm not going to say how many people die in this issue in case people haven't read it. But so it's like even if if they did one, I mean, are, are we going to have like issues where no one dies where it's some, just them fighting and, and all that because yeah. it's like i i just don't know how long and just the, the, the premise in general is like how long can this last and there's got to be i, I want to feel like there's some other twist that could happen and the other thing is like you know where are the teachers from avengers academy are they going to realize hey where'd all the kids go Probably. and then <laughs> you know other people like um like nico and chase you know are there other runaways going to wonder where they're at or dark hawk did he have any any Friends or family that are going to wonder where he he went to. So it's like no he one's was out in space. Last time we saw him too. So that's I, I, also yeah. kind of doubly weird. So I, I feel like there has to be something else that it, it, this can't just be a series about kids forced to fight each other and kill each other. But because we see day twenty nine, I mean, I, I guess he, there could still be other things that happen. So, but I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. Are are they going to like in the Hunger Games for those who? read the book or saw the movies, you know, are we going to see little groups of, of people like team up, you know, to, are, are they going to actually kill others? Are, are they going to do what arcade is forcing them to do? Right. So it's interesting. I, I don't like the idea of killing just to kill, but yeah, it's, I think Marvel's taking a gamble and people are, are voicing their opinion. So <laughs> at the very least it's, it's getting noticed. Yeah. Uh, fantastic four. Number two. Great. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, the the team, the Fantastic Four are getting ready to leave. Mm-hmm. They haven't left yet. Nope. Um, so they're selecting their their replacements. Um, I do want to say before I forget. So on um, Twitter, um, Rich Bourne asked a question involving this. He said, "The thing is always topless." What's up with that double standard? <laughs> uh, Any comments? Any thoughts? That's a funny joke. I, it's, I thought it was a serious question. Do you think so? Andy wears tidy whities too, essentially. Then you should answer it. Tidy blueies. I, I don't know. I, I mean, is it a double standard? How come I, he gets a be topless? Uh, mm. Hot thing. Do, do we have? Do we have to talk about? This? No, we don't. I'm just, <laughs> oh, okay. he, he, he asked the question, and we can say sorry, Rich. We're not going to answer. Okay, I'm not going to answer. So you guys can answer. I no, I don't know. Okay, I find the humor. <laughs> All right, what about uh, Deathstroke? Deathstroke 15. Um, this book is back on track. So I'll Justin say. Jordan, <laughs> Justin Jordan is is writing. Um, I love that cover. Yeah. Um, the art inside, it was it, there was parts. It was it was good for the most part. There's a couple times. It's better than it's been for the last yeah. few issues. I'll say that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, yeah. 
So what, what I think what, what has me excited, I, I've mentioned, and I'll, I'll get to it if I can find it here, is Team 7. I really like the idea of Team 7. I, <laughs> Sarah, do you have Team 7? I do have okay, Team I, 7. I, 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 that's okay. I don't need it. Um, I, I really like the idea of Team 7 because, and I've, I've gone on about this many times, because it takes place five years ago. Right. So I really love the idea of exploring um, the New 52 universe back then. The great thing is, because Deathstroke's in there and Deathstroke's here, both of these books are written by Justin Jordan. So I think that's great. That's what you need. Consistency. You need someone that's going to be able to if, write them in the past and write them in, in the present so there's no conflicts. So right. something happens five years ago, it could, it's, it's a, something that's under consideration. It may not you know, pop up. In issues, just the way he's behaving, like the way the character acts. He knows he knows where he's been, and it's it's not like two different people. Like you know, when you get look at the different Batman books, they're not always on the same page because (laughs) you have you know four different writers who are you know doing a fine job, Mm -hmm. but and I don't know if they can share every minute detail where it's like oh you know Batman's going to look at this person this way when you know that's not how another person would would do it. So right, the 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 details get get skewed. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I liked this book. I thought this was a good, solid, like introductory, or I guess reintroduction of of Slade and sort of what he's all about. I still want wish Kyle Higgins was writing the book. Yeah, I, I loved what what he that whole first what are six issues yeah, was great. That and, was really good. So I loved that and the whole that submarine scene at the end. You're just saying that because he was on your Invincible podcast. No, it's just um, <laughs> I, I I I absolutely loved what he was was doing there and i was hoping that we would see like a deathstroke and nightwing crossover yeah that would have been cool and you know i don't know maybe someday we still will um as far as team seven i don't think i'm not it's, thrilled with this book unfortunately i'm see so like i said i really like the idea it's it's going okay so far part of the problem i have is is their costumes i don't really <laughs> like that they're like in the like the gi joe movie yeah kind of armored costumes i get there's their soldiers so they're gonna have these uniforms they they each have different colors because they want their own individuality, which, you know, like Grifter's wearing red and he's got his mask and Deathstroke has blue. The, the, the problem with the way it looks, and this is a problem that sometimes you get in comic books, is when you add all those colors and with the costumes, it it just it looks too fake, even though we're talking comic books and special powers and all that. It just it doesn't look credible. And and if you have this like covert ops team, right. I don't see them being in colored brightly colored suits and that so it's just i don't know i just my my problem is i feel like it just it jumped on too fast like i wanted sort of the first arc to be almost like a a a mass effect 2 or something where you're like where they're like each each character gets their own issue where it's like this recruiting this like dirty dozen like the best that the world has to offer in terms of these like soldiers for hire and like yeah have the first six issues or seven issues be yeah. assembling team seven. Cause yeah, I felt like in the first or in the zero issue, it was just like, boom, 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 teams assembled. Let's go. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I agree, but I, I just wonder if people would want that. Cause you know, you know who grifter is, is yeah. if you've been reading, you know, who Deathstroke. So I don't know if people but you would, don't know who they are back now. Yeah. But that's, now. I guess that's what we'll slowly find out. And that, yeah. I mean, they're going to find that out. They, they kind of know each other, but they're still learning who each other is. So right. I guess, I guess there's that. Um, but what's interesting is like in the, the last couple issues in this issue, there's, um, talk of eclipso so it's like that's i'm really curious about that is you know because what does eclipso mean in the in a new 52 universe you know yeah. how often has he been around are we going to see any you know well, the first, the first, sci- signs in, yeah, those in the first pres- couple of issues 
give you a clue as to what he could be about. Yeah, so I, I think that that's cool. Uh, Scarlet Spider, love it. I okay. I have a <laughs> I have one big problem with this, and it extends into Amazing Spider Man. Okay. The whole point of a point one issue is that it's supposed to be a good jumping on point, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing Spider Man is a terrible jumping on point for Amazing Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, they've, they've given that up. And, I mean, I don't think that's... But this totally should have been a point one issue because it's a great jumping on point. Like, this is a perfect, like, here's who Kane is, here's who his, like, support cast is, let's jump on it. It's also really funny, it's really, like, especially after the Minimum Carnage thing actually got pretty serious. I didn't like that arc. I, I wasn't a big fan either. But, but, I, I didn't but like this. But this, this is back on message, and I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, as far as Amazing Spider-Man 699.1, so we get two pages of the Spider-Man, Doc Ock right. stuff, and then the rest is about Morbius. Yes. So yeah, from from that perspective, it's not a... I mean, you, It's you, still a good issue, don't get me yeah, wrong. But. You don't need a jumping on point for a series that has one more issue before it gets canceled. Right. So I, I that think... That was also... I mean, yeah, it was a bit of a marketing thing of like let's stretch this out just a little bit more. well i i mean basically what it is it's it's like morbius issue zero yeah is what it is and and like you said it is a good story and mm-hmm. it actually made me like morbius i i never liked morbius i never cared for him i never got what his whole deal was like i never got if he was supposed to be the whole hero or villain or yeah i mean he's yeah what so, his motivation was so, so yeah, we we, we find out more about him like where he's coming from and you know where this that series can go in in january but I, I think just like with was it six fifty four point one or whatever um, Amazing Spider Man issue it was with with Venom. I mean, there is right. an issue that's entirely about Flash Thompson becoming Venom. Had not that's not a jumping on point for Spider Man. <laughs> so I I think they've just changed the point one concept. Is like okay, this is gonna introduce whatever story or character. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, if if you've been reading six ninety eight and six ninety nine, you're waiting for seven hundred and you're like, oh, another issue. It's like. Sorry, there's only like, you know, two, three pages. Yeah. So, um, Green Lantern Core, number 15. Uh, actually, actually I, I like this. I, I thought it was all right. So, here's the thing I don't like Guy Gardner. He's, no, I really don't either. He's my, my fourth favorite. Um, he's my fourth favorite. No, he's my fifth favorite Green Lantern of the Earth Green Lanterns. What, what are they in order? Um, I'd, Hal? Pr- I'd probably go Hal, mm-hmm. then Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's it's hard to say whether I I mean I guess I would go with John and maybe Baz, but Baz because we we don't know enough yeah, about him. We haven't gotten. He, he, I like I like the idea of he, he's like he's like the ultimate rookie lantern. You know he yeah. doesn't know anything and you know whether he should even got the ring and all that. So I, I'm really interested in him and you know John Stewart's cool. Sometimes I th- I feel like he mopes around too much. It's like oh yeah, I did this I did that. Which is so, pretty much all he does in this issue. Um <laughs> and then then Guy Gardner. <laughs> Yeah. So even even Baz, who we've only known for like three issues, I, I like better than it, it is fun watching Guy Gardner though in this fall on his face repeatedly. And that that's the thing. So um what I think also is is reading the I mean Green Lantern Corps, I, I read it off and on. I, I try to read it I, it's more on than off what I read, but there's times where I just don't get to it. But um I did read the zero issue where you find out about Guy and, and I thought that was interesting seeing his family and his dad and all yeah. the relations and all that. And this kind of goes touches back on that, which is a like, conveniently we had that zero issue. Otherwise yeah. you wouldn't have cared about this. Also I'm a little like, what about John Stewart's family and past? Oh, and yeah, I we'll, kind of rather know about that. We'll find out He's I guess some, some, sometime. Awesome. So and then this is a rise of the third army, which hardly anything was in here. I'm so tired of that story already yeah. because it's just like nothing's really happening. I don't even care about the third army. It's like just get it over with. They're boring. They're like the, they're like a biological Borg. So this was more about about guy, and it's it. 
there's also, I mean, there's some parallels to what, what Hal went through in the beginning of, of Green Lantern where he loses his ring. Yeah. But Guy is, is handling it in a completely different manner. He is, and I, that was actually the part that kind of lost me a bit where he's just kind of doing his thing without the ring because I was like, man, one guy is all it would take to completely shatter this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Demon Knights, Sarah? I like this a lot. Um, I think that... I think, can I just say how crazy it is that this book has lasted as long as it has? You think so? Yeah, a little bit. Like, it's, I don't know, it seems like he's kind of also ran fantasy characters, but here it is, like, issue, what, 17? Something like that? 15. 15, 15. yeah, that's, that's impressive. Um, I'm not even, that, and that's not to speak of the quality, I haven't read it. No, it's one of the, I think it's one of the better DC books I've read. Jeez, alright, I should so jump on. It, it's, it's really good, but that might just be because Paul Cornell is writing it. Not anymore. <gasps> this was his last issue. Yeah. Um, so... My complaint about this issue is that, uh, so where we left off in issue 14 was the preparation for this huge battle in Avalon between the forces of good and evil. And here, so you, you go into this issue expecting this huge battle, right? You don't get that really. But you get a little bit of a fight. Yeah. <laughs> you get a little bit of a fight, but then you get a lot of dialogue. And um, Cornell's great. I love the story. I think that the way that he set it up and organized it was was pretty good, but I think he could have split it into two issues. Mm-hmm. And I almost wish that he had so that he could sort of flesh out the battle and we can see like this really epic battle, but then also have like uh, character development. But he had to it felt like he had to squeeze everything into one issue, maybe because this was his last one. Other than that, the story's good. I really like the characters. I think that um, he gives enough panel time for for everybody so that was great and yeah i'm sad but still i love these characters they're fun and i I, was replacing him um i don't remember if i don't know if they they must have announced that but i I, i'm pretty sure bernard chang is is staying on board yeah i really like his art on this um did you cory did you read iron man i did um it's an interesting story but you know we say it every time the art i just (sighs) I actually feel like there might be a joke in here about the art. At one point, Pepper Potts literally asks Tony, do I look like all the other women you know? Oh, no. What? Be honest. Do I look the same to you? Yeah. Of course not, <laughs> Except that she completely does. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a CEO, not your secretary. Your social world is no longer my responsibility. But, Tony, really, do they all look the same to you? Look at me. There's a lot of, like, do all the women in your life just look the same And then to she's you? she's all, like, almost, like, doing a pose, like, fluffing her hair or whatever. Yeah, so I, so I don't know if Oh, that, my God, that's horrible. I could be reading into that, but... <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the story is interesting. You, it's like a little bit of mysticism, which is kind of cool because it's not really what Tony's used to. And the extremist thing seems to have been... I thought it was extremist. <laughs> I'm going to stab you with this microphone. Um, so yeah, that uh, that is being crossed with some weird like mysticism. Yeah, he discovers this cult that got a hold of it and was is using it for their own nefarious ends. Tony seems like he's always like squinting. Yeah, about that. He's like, is he just like he needs his sunglasses because he's he's he so wears cool. His sunglasses. They already did that joke. Oh, it was like an issue two or something like that. Was it really? Yeah, and damn it. And she's like, bad eighties song or something or yeah. some, not bad eighties. Like can 80s I can ripping. I see that just for fun? I wish I, w- <laughs> I wish I would have seen that before I shot 
the best stuff this week because <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe I have to edit. That, that was just in my immediate just, just impression. Um, I'm I'm wondering though. It's like was the art done before the dialogue was? Again, it could be a complete coincidence. I, I yeah. could be completely reading too much into this, but it just seemed a little on the nose in a in a great way. All right, um, I kind of want to get through. Um, I didn't get to read Winter Soldier. I really liked the last issue. It's it continues to be really good. Um, it continues so to be really breakneck and intense. Bucky's kind of back as being Winter Soldier, yeah. and it was like he's fighting like Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah, which is I, really cool. <laughs> I was going to read this this morning. I had it. I was like ready, but it just didn't happen. Um, Sarah, you read Doctor Manhattan? Yeah. It's pretty good. Awesome. The art is really pretty. Oh, yeah. The art is breathtaking, and the story is... It actually kind of... Remember that thing that we talked about? Mm -hmm. That big hole in in Mm -hmm. Four Watchmen? Mm -hmm. Totally addresses that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they read the review. (laughs) Yep, we did that. You're welcome, comic book fans. Um, Did you read Age of Apocalypse? I did. Um, I'm behind on this. It's stalling a bit. I feel like it's it's kind of spinning its wheels just the slightest... Um, it's still it's still really good, and I still can't wait to see what happens. But yeah, I'm I'm not as on it as I was. Ninja Turtles, love it, love every second of it, love every page, every panel. It's a new artist. The new artist is doing great. Uh, the neutrinos are introduced in this, and I can't remember. I'm ninety percent sure they were in the cartoon. I can't remember if that's what they were called. Uh, they were like Krang's original enemies uh, that he he was sort of conquering in Dimension X, and they're in this, and I love it because they still look like they're in the eighties. Like they still got wild hair and like short leather jackets and yeah, so it's great. It's a great book. Um, Superboy, there is there's a reason why Superman's wearing his t-shirt. Okay, and and why the Superboy font is Superman font. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe you can see it. I, I mean, don't think it usually looks like that, does it? Um, I don't remember, but <laughs> maybe. Um, I guess we'll mention Archer and Armstrong. I haven't read that issue. Matt gave it a five. He he loved it. Um, same with Clone from Image. So this is the second issue. People should should check that out. That's that's a good series. Um, I started reading Revival from Image. It just came out in trade. It's about this town where the dead suddenly start to come back, and not as zombies, but like as people. It's uh, it's really interesting so far. It's um, Seely Tim Seely who wrote writes Hackslash. Man, yeah. even even the zombie women in this issue look like Pepper Potts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to jump to. And Emma Frost. Some question. Yeah. I thought that was Emma Frost at the end. And Sue Storm. What's she doing there? And Crystal. <laughs> okay. And everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some questions. This is from Joe Charmley. Um, so he says, apparently Scott Snyder may be leaving Swamp Thing. So yeah, yes, he, he confirmed confirm. that. Um, Batgirl might get a new creative team. Um, we don't know that they haven't announced. I don't. Oh, e- neither the one. Artist isn't confirmed. We don't know. Well, um, Ray Fox, I think, hmm. is doing like two issues, but he's he's not the new writer. He's. Okay. I don't know if he was always planned to do those issues, or I mean, I don't know. And then um, finally, should directors like Johnny Gunn of Guardians of the Galaxy be allowed to post satire? <laughs> yes, of course they should. It's America. It's First Amendment. Yeah, why not? So. <laughs> I mean, it's just always yeah, it's a thing. Also James Gunn, not John Gunn. I don't. Maybe I don't know what he said. I don't know if I just read it wrong or just said it wrong. Yeah. Um, but that's always the thing. It's like you know when you see like an actor or someone like they they make if when they say something, it's like does that affect? I mean, like should you boycott their work if they say something you don't agree with? Forget about say something. What about someone like Roman Polanski who did horrible, horrible well, things? So that's the thing. So it's like you know where do you draw the line between? 
the product and the person. That is, is like, I think that is one of the most personal choices that a person can make. I don't think there is like a universal answer. Like I don't, I personally don't watch Roman Polanski's movies anymore, even though I think he's an excellent director, but I think he's an atrocious person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, which is also why I, I try not to, to disclose like, you know, political affiliation or religious you know <laughs> beliefs or anything, you know, it's yeah. like part of me because I don't want to, I don't want people, I don't want their illusions of what they believe in to be shattered when they hear what the right way to think is. Right. It, like if I were to say, this is what I think, and then they realize everything that they believe in is completely wrong <laughs> if, if they don't agree with what, what I'm true. saying. No, they, they well, I mean, like, if they get so mad about like, like if you say like, I didn't like Spider-Man in this issue and then they just assume that you just hate Spider-Man yeah. so much. Well, I mean, they're, they're, uh, that, that's one thing. I mean, if, if we're talking about, no, I mean, imagine politics yeah. then. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing. And, and imagine like, even with, indeed. with like the, the recent election, it's like, whew, I, I never I never publicly and, and there's one thing of supporting who who you you want to but on the other hand it's like I don't know if that's anyone's business who you know I I want to support and who I, I will support or am supporting yeah because you, it's just a problem is where if, if if someone like respects you and then they don't agree with that then that that could change the way they look at everything else so I mean in in some some people should just keep some things private I guess sure. I, don't, I don't know and. But I mean, the thing that, again, James Gunn's whole thing was, I mean, and if you look at his past movies, like the guy directed Super, he's one of the trauma people. Like you don't, you can't take everything he says on at face value. And maybe that's his problem because now I he's mean, much higher of, profile. Some, some of the things he said were pretty bad. They were, but that's the thing. He's, it's using that to mock that stuff. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he, I think he just did something really stupid a year ago mm. and then he signed on for like a high profile comic book movie. And then maybe it's like, should Marvel done their research say, Oh, we can't hire you. No, I mean, you, you can't not hire somebody based on something they said. Like the the guy, the guy is sexist, but so much of comics are sexist. (laughs) So it, it would be hypocritical almost, you know, I mean, that, that is one of the biggest arguments by so many female readers is that many comic books and the interpretation of women in comic books are sexist. And it's, it's propelled by ideologies and beliefs that fall in line with the comments that uh, James Gunn made. But at the end of the day, I want to say he didn't, I want, I want to say he's just stupid, you know, (laughs) like he's stupid for saying stupid things, but, um, uh, Mm. at least he apologized. I guess. Yeah. All right, Derek Brunell. Um, hi, guys and girl. I definitely thought the second issue of All New X Men was much better, but it doesn't seem so predict. Doesn't it seem so predictable already? Might uh might be a consequence of those preview pages, but don't you feel two issues and you already have an idea how the story is going to end with a time traveling X Men might involve that Aussie with unspecified time control powers. Hmm. Um, unspecified. Maybe. Who's he? Is he talking about Gateway? The no, the woman who uh who could stop time. Who actually oh oh stop oh time. that yeah okay and I'll, yeah yeah um I don't know I don't I don't know that doesn't maybe but how are they going to deal with the memories that's kind of what I'm <laughs> well um you know I mean they could just have like Emma Frost wipe their minds or something but that's, yeah because at some point they they need to they have to right <laughs> like mean, they be, can't go back in time with this knowledge because then it changes every all the issues well actually no it doesn't. 
It wouldn't change it because the Marvel Universe creates tangents. It doesn't. No, not necessarily though, because that that's a that was the question: is is it has Hank, spoiler, created an alternate timeline by by doing it? Because that like I always use the Ben Grimm when he when the Fantastic Four went back in time, Ben Grimm became Blackbeard, and then he he was Blackbeard of the Legend. But then he's like, "Whoa, that's me." Then Reed's like, "No, you know, we created a, an alternate timeline here." Right. So, um, but then what? What? What B said is because he's using like Doctor Doom and Reed's technology. Right. But he said that he improved it. Hmm. So could could it be possible that Beast actually found a way that sure. you can travel through your own time? So this I'm not sure be. that's an improvement. I think that sounds way worse. <laughs> well, I mean, so but rather than create, you know, being God and creating another timeline, I guess. Um, he's being God and changing this one. Yeah. But so, how, how is that possible then? Like that, I feel like that would just be really stupid Yeah. because you, okay. I remember watching this thing by Stephen Hawking where he was talking about the possibility of time travel and how, if time travel were possible, that the likelihood would be that you would absolutely create an alternate universe or you would make like drastic changes to the universe. Something bad would happen. Like at the end of the day, like it it would be stupid if something if something bad like if if this move by Beast going back in time didn't have horrible consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So or create an alternate time. Yeah, it's got to exactly. be one or the other. Yeah. But if they just like do like, well, we're going to wipe your memories. There we go. Sending you back. Like that's going to be a real kind of a cop out. But wouldn't, wouldn't that bother you? I mean, as a, as a longtime reader of Marvel comics, if, if this, if this move didn't create an alternate timeline, because it's inconsistent. Well, yeah. I mean, something is, it's, I I guess for me, whether I'm the right person to ask is I would just wait and see where it goes. Yeah. Just like when clone saga, when, when they said, Okay, the Spider-Man you've been reading about for t- the past twenty years has not been the real Spider-Man. Yeah, I looked was... at that because I read all those issues. I I had the back issue where they first fought when a jackal and when Peter throws the body in the smokestack and all. And it's like I read all that and so I, and you know I was like okay, and I'll, I'm going to see where this goes. I didn't flip out or anything like that. I, I enjoyed the story and so with with this, I mean, if they're going to s- stick with what's going on. They have to get their memories wiped somehow. They have to forget because you know we don't know how long they're gonna be in the present. They could right. be there just you know six months of their time, and then they, they they go back and then they forget everything. Or maybe there's some side effect where they can't remember what happened. I mean, right? It's it. I don't know. We just have. To, I'm I'm totally willing. I would have to. I have to believe that Bendis has thought this out. That he knows how this is gonna end. Whether it's an alternate timeline or the actual timeline that B somehow figured out a way to to fix that problem whether it's a problem or not so i agree i think bendis has thought it out i just hope he's thought it out enough that it's something better than we wiped your minds and sent you back well i mean <laughs> if, that, i don't know that's such a if he's had his seven year in the making you know whatever avengers plans <laughs> and i'm sure he's he's got it planned out i have every faith in bendis <laughs> yeah so i guess we'll we'll have to see um and second like you guys i'm not entirely sure what i think of uncanny avengers yet i'm finding the dynamic between wanda and the future stepmother rogue interesting both for their bigotries, like both of their bigotries seem to be under a microscope even when they seem to have appeared out of nowhere. They seem logical. However, with Wanda, part of me is wondering, has Remender gone too far because she's coming across super bigoted and unrepentive? Mm-hmm. On the one hand, her rationalization makes sense. Could she still function if she really acknowledged the scope of what she did in Decimation? On the other hand, is Wanda's, 
is one really that cold? What do you think? What do you guys think? Particularly you, Tony, since my opinion on the post House of M Scarlet Witch based on previous podcasts seems to be night and day with yours. Um, in in terms of as is he saying that it's totally the opposite? He, I, I I'm assuming the implication. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't remember what I said. I, I know some people misunderstood what we said when about Juan. So I don't I don't know about that, but. Um, I think we need to see more of what's what's going on. Yeah, again, it's only been two issues. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's I, – I, I don't know. I mean I, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I, I think some parts of the series is kind of a mess. And you know, it's just trying to figure out what's, what's going on. And yeah. I'm not really crazy about how Red Skull is here and what that means. So it's like I just need to see where it's going to go. Um, and then we'll have to see what is he going to do with with Wanda and Rogue, and you know, because they're going to be working together. So this obviously this is something. This is just the beginning, and I don't think we can really comment on, on that just yeah. yet. Um, third, as for Rogue being a horror comments, I dislike that too. But I suppose it makes sense for the character who made those comments. She'd probably considered Magneto's equivalent for Ava Braun by them. Rogue <laughs> does seem to elicit so many miss. How do you say that word? Genos- mis- mis- Misogynist? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was blank. I, yeah. Um, do you ever get the impression based on the comments about Rogue on the internet that people have a really creepy attachment to her sexuality? I think it might have been prompted by her inability to touch placing her into some virginal category. She's only slept with three guys. Two of those happen in a serious relationship on the whole notion that she's a whore really isn't in any way accurate. Well, that was Red Skull saying that, wasn't it? <laughs> Was it Red Skull? <laughs> so, or did know. Wanda say that? I think huh? Wanda said it. Yeah, maybe. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, either whoever said it, it's it's it obviously doesn't make sense because right. they had a relationship, right? Well, and <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe she's just mad because you know she slept with her dad. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah I, I, see, I, there you go. If right? it was Wanda, then sure. <laughs> you know, maybe that's why she said that. And if it was yeah. Red Skull, then he's a Nazi, you know, jerk. And I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, then I could I, almost understand, like, oh my gosh, you're my age and you slept with my dad. It's gross. Yeah. You W word. Yeah. Yes. I, Not I, that it's excusable. No. Just saying. She's mad. Yeah. You get it. It was the heat of I think <laughs> since you guys aren't really digging X-Men Legacy, I, I should give it some love on the podcast. I think the series has a lot of potential. I'm enjoying it so far. Legion is an interesting concept, but he's not always been utilized well in the past. He's definitely makes sense as a protagonist for a book called Legacy. Hmm. Congrats it, on a new dog. It does, it does make sense that he would be called Legacy because he's the legacy of Charles Xavier. <gasps> yeah. But uh, I'm, I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, okay, next. And I don't know if you heard he said congrats on a dog. Oh, thank you. Okay. Next is from Crazy Flash Fan Eleven. Um, says so. I was walking around in my local comic shop and I was hoping to pick up a new book, and I see a book called Masks. I noticed it contained five <laughs> characters that I know next to nothing about: Phantom, Spider, Zoro, Green Hornet, and Kato. I really think these dynamite characters seem very cool, and would love to expand my knowledge on these characters. Movies, comics, graphic no- novels, or even cartoons. I'm looking for anything. So I'm currently wondering. What you guys think is the best starting point ongoing series or movies to expand my knowledge? What are your thoughts? I'd say you can go to Comic Vine, look at the pages. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, totally. I mean, all of these are old-timey characters. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see the basic gist of what their histories are. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those characters have, have had or have 
ongoing books at Dynamite. So you can see how they've been sort of reinvented or modernized. And, and you know, yet um, as far as like movies, like, like I don't know if you uh, – I never saw the Antonio Banderas Zorro movies. I did. I saw it a million times and knew every word. There so you there's, go. there's that um, the Green Hornet movie. I didn't see that either. So I, I didn't either. I, I, heard mixed, I heard very, very mixed things yeah. about that. But there's also the TV show from, from yeah. way back when. And then there's um, – <laughs> The Phantom movie with Billy Zane. Oh man! So, but I, I'd say, um, oh jeez, I'd say maybe don't watch that. Go back to the comics. You know, see if any of them have reviews or user reviews to find out. You know, if there's a certain series that's now collected in the trade that you know you might want to look into. And because um, I would say some of the, I mean, there's like mixed quality what you'll get. Like whether you know some stories are just okay or so. Definitely look into you know user reviews. Um, has the book ever gotten one star? Just curious. Um. I gave an issue of New Exiles, all New Exiles, when Chris Claremont, I think, was, was writing it. I gave it either a 1 or a 1.5. I don't remember what it was. But, um, yeah, and I don't know if, if anything's ever gotten a 1 lately. I feel like I've seen something, one or two things. I don't know. I think um, it was from Elfring. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I know we definitely had twos. I think I've given a 1 before, but I don't remember what for. Mm. Um... Okay, Tobin Rasikat says, I was listening to the podcast from a few weeks ago and the question of who was a better father, Professor X or Magneto, the way you were talking about Professor, Professor X. Didn't we read, did I read, read this? I think I did read this. I think this. you did read that. Yeah, about um, Magneto being like Dumbledore. Eh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Only he kills people. <laughs> and it says, if, if Corey's, cause, and then you answered a Kingdom Hearts question. Yes. Before, yeah, and I mentioned it's like he just he's like oh I didn't relax it. So I think we covered all that. Um, Andrew Andrew Teague, um, uh, username USABFB 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 <laughs> F best friends bro bro. Um, over the last week or so, I've been watching old Spider-Man cartoons on Netflix. First, I watched Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Um, <laughs> Because Dennis Claro brought that up on the other podcast. I just finished a 90s Spider-Man cartoon. I watched him because I wanted to get caught up on Spider-Man and all the supporting cast because I plan on reading Superior Spider-Man. I'm relatively new to comics. Yes, I'm buying Amazing Spider-Man 698-700. My first question is specifically in a 90s cartoon. How could a series end that way? (laughs) I mean, the single craziest (laughs) storyline of the cartoon is the last one. You didn't even find out, or they didn't even find the real Mary Mary Jane. Yeah, because she's, yeah. Um, don't want to spoil things. <laughs> People are still watching on, on Netflix. If you ever saw it, how did you feel about that? Am I the only one who was dissatisfied with the ending? You no, you were not. That it kind of sucked. Yeah, it was just it was so out of there, and with the the cult and Mary Jane trying to track down her dad, and um, I so I wonder if if the show just got canceled. I don't remember the details. If if you know they planned on addressing that or not. I feel like it was a like a final quote unquote episode. It, it just seemed really abrupt. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it sucks that it ended that way. Um, question two. I've been hearing a lot of guesses about who Superior Spider-Man is going to be. <laughs> ben Riley and Spider-Man 299 seem to be most common. I'm here to tell you that it won't be either of them. It's going to be Harry Osborn. <gasps> Let me tell you why it won't be Riley or 2099. Riley's a Scarlet Spider. He has his own ongoing. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, he isn't. That's Kane. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a character, it doesn't really seem to have enough to warrant two ongoings if he gets a second one batman so yeah so sorry about that um it's not ben riley so maybe not reading i don't know <laughs> um 
let's see. I actually have a new theory on that. Miguel <laughs> won't be because, like Riley, there's no logical reason for him to A, take over for Spider-Man, and B, change his costume. Their costumes are a part of their identities, and I can't think, okay. Also, he's um, 100 years in the future. <laughs> well, so, I mean, there's point. time travel. Yeah. B brings him back. <laughs> um, I'm bringing everyone back! <laughs> Harry Osborn, however, has already proven that he loves Mary Jane. He could feasibly take over for Spider-Man and also... It is also possible that he could be a darker Spider-Man from his time as Green Goblin and beating Vin Gonzalez. Hmm. Um, I don't. I don't think that uh, no, it's, like it's loving Mary Jane is a determining factor of. The well, Spider-Man. issue issue two shows Spider the Spider-Man kissing Mary Jane, and she's like, huh? smooching. That, that's probably a dog ock. Um, <laughs> his father no. is also clearly <laughs> messed up. Um, could it be Harry? He did leave New York. Um, he was shown in six ninety seven, I think. Yeah, where he like shaved his head and he was like out right. in hiding. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be Harry. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it's the obvious thing. I think still think 700 has something else. I don't think they're going to like bring someone in out of left field. Like I, I don't, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just strongly have a feeling that everyone, I, I still don't want to spoil it, even though it's, it's, it's I should be out there, but <laughs> if you've read 698, 699, I still think there's gotta be something. It seems like. It's the one character, right? But part of me wants to think there's got to be something else because Dan Slott says issue 700 is going to make him have to go into hiding. Like I said, I have a new theory on this. I don't know if I should vo- vocalize it here because it does involve spoilers of 698 and 99. Well, but, I mean, there's only the one spoiler, which well, I guess is already out. Uh, shall I? <laughs> All right. I think, uh, and this might be insane, but I think that. Peter Parker as Doc Ock is going to kill either accidentally or intentionally the cur- the person who is currently occupying Peter Parker's body and then somehow use the body that he's currently in to become Spider-Man. That's my theory. I'm not sure if I followed that. <laughs> so so Peter as Dr. Octopus. Yes. is going to kill Dr. Octopus. Dr. Octopus. Because it's Peter. So he's going to kill his his body. But then who's going to take over? He would, I don't know, he would find some way to, you know, become vital again. But Peter Parker, (laughs) the quote unquote Peter Parker body still has to exist because Alpha has to go visit Peter Parker at Horizon Labs to get tested in the Alpha upcoming miniseries. So, all right, maybe that won't happen. Sorry. Dang. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Matthew. My theory. Matthew. um, No. Theory Alt. Says in recent issues of Greg Land's art and the controversy surrounding it has been addressed in podcasts. Primary criticism criticism has been that he allegedly traces over photographs in order to achieve a particular style. I don't know if that's the primary criticism. Okay. Also <laughs> decried was the use of computer generated effects such as focus and blur in post production over various artists' works. My question to you is why the process matters whatsoever. Ignoring the copyright issue for argument's sake, assume Land has permission from the copyright holders. He doesn't. What difference does it make if sequential <laughs> art, drawings, paintings, computer-generated images, or even photographs are any combination thereof? All that we as fans should concern ourselves with is whether the final product is aesthetically pleasing and totally no, appropriate. No, well, I'll no, go out on a limb and say that I no, never criticized him for that. No. For like using CG? I I think Red Star one of, is one of the most gorgeous books ever drawn. Uses a lot of CG, and I'm fine with that. I think that the argument that we were making was whether or not uh, tracing and then not giving credit yeah. to like 
like photo re- like using a photo reference, but then not giving credit to the photograph right. and the photographer who is also an artist who took that photograph. Or the other panels, because he's also done that. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think that From that, like other comic artists. I think that that's, that's where the conflict was, at, at least from what I recall. Yeah, I, I never, like I said, I never gave him crap for smoothing or anything like that. Just just tracing and also photo-reffing porn. <laughs> and also not not indicating that he's photo-referencing when clearly he is. Right. I mean, I, so I, I think what the, the question here is, like, let's take animated movies now. You know, you have the hand-drawn stuff, mm-hmm. and then you have all the computer-generated stuff. Mm-hmm. Are they both considered animated movies? Yeah, you know, they be, but, but they're different ways. Because, like, sure. with, with, like, Pixar, they're using computers, and, I mean, there's drawing involved and stuff like that. But, they, you know, they have this huge ability to help them make the stuff versus someone who has to do it with an actual pencil. So I, I think what he's trying to say is, there, there may be a question of how it's being done, but you look at the fin- final product. Is this, you know, CG or drawn? How, is, does it look good? So okay. that, that's one thing. But then, if that's going to be the case, it's not like Pixar saying we made this all with a pencil, right. but we're really good and able to do that. So I've ne- I've never seen or heard or read a, a Greg Land interview. So I just wonder. Yeah. What what does he say? You know, would, yeah, would he, I, I'm curious as to as to what he thinks about all this. And you know, if if he does photo trace and all that stuff, which you know we, we have to believe he does, it's like that. And which is, is fine. Is by he the way. open? Yeah. Is he open to it? So I mean, that, that's how I'm seeing. Even using a real person as a reference, like I remember when he had Ultimate Namor, it was clearly Randy Orton from the WWF. Like that's fine. Like whatever. It's kind of weird. It's kind of a bit of a shock when you see that. But there's nothing inherently wrong with that. It's when you trace over something else that someone else created (laughs) that's a problem yeah so i don't know all right um agent prince says first of all apologies for the misinterpretation regarding thor in my last email although i struggle to read thor i didn't mean to say you didn't oh so this is to me Um, i was referring to the fancy font as you called it which i don't particularly like myself reading thor is something i will work on as i do not want to miss on some of the most famous comic book stories ever written or drawn Okay, now into business. We've both had many grievances thus far over the New 52 Superman, his costume, and the so far rubbish bad guys that have been created. I'm sure you agree, but I hope Snyder's stance will be in a similar vein to Batman to reinvent the character's adversaries and bring them to the New 52. I long to see John Corbin, Bizarro, maybe even Ultraman more likely happen in Justice League, I suppose. I won't go much further into it. We could all debate about it all day, and upon reading that hell on earth will go until March. I really think the character needs his recognized, his recognized roles, rogues gallery to sustain any success going to 2013. Not sure how you feel about that. I recently canceled Superman after his pretty poor start and action comics has been a stop start run, but having been catching up digitally when prices reduced. Plus it's Superman. One of my favorite ever characters in comics. I like his costume. I like both costumes. <laughs> well, he might not have his costume anymore, right? Yeah. Can we talk about that? Is that okay? Um, that was in Superboy. Yeah. This week. Yeah, so, um, well, I guess we can just say Superman might be giving up his Kryptonian armored suit. <gasps> and I, I don't know if we should say, I mean, I it should mean, be obvious, but. I mean, might as well. I wonder, though, if that's going to stick. I don't know. Um, it's Yeah, because. I, I I I don't think it I don't think it will stick. I mean I I don't. Well, I I was gonna ask ask. 
I was going to actually ask you about this because I wondered whether that would be, I mean, that would obviously be consistent in Justice League, right? Yeah, they'd have to. That, they'd have to change yeah. that too. And it, I don't see him going back to the t-shirt and jeans No. in, in modern time. Mm-mm. So something would have to happen whether he could somehow get another one, which, you know, it's not like you can just go to the store and, and buy another one. Right. But, um, and then it's just the other question is, is the other person going to keep it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause there we, at the end, you know, it kind of leaves where it's like, are they accepting it or rejecting it? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, do you guys recall your first comic? <coughs> first single issue was something with Iron Man. I remember. Mine was a Batman comic, but yeah. I don't remember which. It was Iron Man and the Mandarin. I remember that, and yeah, I know that narrows it down. But you see, my first one when I was five was one of my dad's old comics, but it was in Spanish, and it was like Flash and Superman. I think it was like a Action Comics reprint. Huh. Um, but then, go ahead. I actually have a book, or I had a book when I was in, when I was really little, like eight, that my dad brought home for me. And gave to me, and it was the Encyclopedia of All Marvel Characters. Wow. And it had a giant Spider-Man on the cover, <laughs> and an introduction by Stan Lee, and I just liked all the pictures. There you go. That's it. Um, Which is not a real comic, but... The Mandarin was summoning Fin Fang Foom or something? I don't know. <laughs> I also was reading the G.I. Joe comics, Larry Hama. Hama. Oh, yeah. Um, and then like Spider-Man and Batman I got into. And then there was like X, X, Uncanny X-Men and, and Fantastic Four. Those were the ones. And then I just Man. kept going. You, you got out there. Yeah. Um, Agent Princes was Adventures of Superman 442 back when DC, Marvel, US comics were available from UK news agents. Hmm. Um, okay, so which brings us final question for Corey. As we all know, when comic orders are made through Diamond, that personal that person shop fully owns that comic book to sell at retail. Yes. How would you feel if it was more like the magazine industry where you'd be able to ship back expired issues to get some money back? Uh, we actually can. Some some publishers offer that for certain titles. Like I remember one of the big incentives for the uh, the new fifty two for retailers was DC straight up said. For the first, I don't know if they gave like an actual range or what, but they said basically any new 52 titles that you don't sell will be returnable. Yeah. So, yeah. So, order 100 because well, you I, I, to return 99. I think there was like some restrictions though based yeah. on, on like what your previous order – like you couldn't yeah. just say, I want 5,000. Right. So I, I, there was some kind of upper limit. But, based on your other sales and something. But essentially, yeah. they, they so, so, that does happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's pretty cool. It is. It does incentivize to try titles that maybe I'd be reticent to order in the first place. But at the same time, it's like publishers can't really offer it to everyone because then no, they'll not. get stuck with all these issues. It could get damaged and shipping. And yeah, and I mean, I mean, the other thing is there's a there's an issue of cash flow. So we wouldn't just even if we could, we wouldn't just buy five hundred yeah. of every title because then we'd have to like cough up twenty five thousand dollars. And even yeah. if we got a refund on it, it would take a while. And yeah, it would be a whole thing. So. Yeah, but yeah, I like it. I like it when they do it because otherwise you get stuck with these old issues, and then yeah, then we have to sell them as back issues, and that barely even breaks even, and yada yeah. yada yada. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Peter, um, this has got willpower. Um, I just finished catching up on all of. Um, actually, I should. Sarah just stepped out, so 
waiting on that one. Um, okay, so I'll come back. So Tobin, again, says, I was thinking about how Flash's suit goes on over his clothes, and you were talking about how they would be all wrinkly. <laughs> Wouldn't they? he burn them all up into friction? He would take off his Flash suit and have a huge hole in his crotch. Now, I mean, this, if, if the costume comes, you know, it's metal, and I think the speed force protects yeah. some of it. It's like a force field. Um, uh, if I start the if I start at the start of Hickman's Fantastic Four run, is that sufficient, or should I go back further? You could. That's a good start. Um, yeah. Mark Miller's. There's some seeds that that carried over, but yeah, Miller and Hitch had a great run on Fantastic Four. But um, yeah, I mean, there's lots lots of good Fantastic Four stories before even before Miller, but Hickman's. You can you can start there. What's your favorite Nintendo console and what game for the console? Super Nintendo Earthbound. Um, I don't know. I see. For me, I'd go back to original um, Super Nintendo, or I mean, the original Nintendo, the NES, right. and either um, Super Mario Brothers or Adventures of Zelda. Nice. I, I played that game so many times because yeah. because when you beat it, then the second time the the there was like different mazes in the right. So to this day, I still play Earthbound once a year. Um, <laughs> I love that game. So his is uh, Super with Donkey Kong Country 2. Sarah, do you recommend any of the Mass Effect comics after playing the games and reading the comics? I assume you read, I assume you read the comics. I, only I, read, I, I did read a uh, couple. I only read the first one, miniseries. <laughs> I didn't like it. The, that was not the one to read. <laughs> the one about the elusive man? Awesome. Yeah, that's the one that I... I read. I liked that one. Also kind of a big spoiler for Mass Effect 3 in that one. Totally. <laughs> it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Foxfire. And actually, I really liked 3 for Omega. Okay, I'm going to have to leave soon, just so you right. guys know. Okay, I'm going to um, switch into your seat. So I'm just trying to get through these emails. All right. Um, while I was reading Sarah's previous article on a reboot of the Cheetah Origin, I noticed that Jeff John's alliteration had a flaw in the story. The original origin of the, of the artifact that changed Barbara Manure was from Africa. John's version has it coming from the Lost Tribe of the Amazon, which yeah. is found in South America. However, Oops. I'd like to point out the cheetahs are indigenous to Africa and parts of the Middle East. The new version has an ancient artifact from Amazon turning into an animal that can't even be found in that continent. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on these sort of mistakes? Or was the Lost Tribe very lost? <laughs> <laughs> Evidently. Yeah. I, I for a second thought you said Cheeto, so I was very confused about this question. <laughs> um. Uh... I don't know. You just have to take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a different they're, they're going to be there are going to be inaccuracies. I think writers should do some like cursory research though, just to Google. Like and that's the thing Google has made it so easy to be like are cheetahs where are cheetahs indigenous to? But right. If, if you have if you have this tribe that worships whatever thing it's like maybe does, doesn't have to be something. Yeah, you can explain it of like, yeah, they came from Africa, settled in South South America. Yeah. <laughs> um, we often hear about publishers starting reboots in hopes of attracting new readers. However, I often wonder if these new readers are even going to know about the new reader friendly editions if they aren't reading comics in the first place. No, that's why they do it to things like USA Today. <laughs> so, do you? Ha- I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. Not, not particularly. I mean, if if someone comes in and asks what is a good comic to get started, then it's like, hey, since I'm a store owner and well informed. This is Amazing Spider-Man 700. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. And then third, I was interested in getting Spider Island trade, but I normally prefer paperback versions for comic trades for costs. While the hardcover edition is available now, I was shocked to see the paperback edition won't be released until October 2013. What is the reason for such a gap between the releases? Doesn't they this only <laughs> stand to hurt sales by removing consumer options? Quite the contrary. Because <laughs> yeah, you'll, still, you'll still buy it in October. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And, and if you, Corey, like you yes. order um, like – 
say five hardcovers, and then two months later, trade paperbacks, then yeah. you're you're you're, lost, you're stuck with these. It's a lot harder to sell the hardcovers after the trade has come out, though not impossible because some people prefer the hardcover. I as prefer like hardcovers format. Yeah, depends on what it is. Sure, a lot of people prefer them for gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so this is from Got Willpower. So I'll get back to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. Finish catching up on all recommenders on Kenny X Force, and I can't mm-hmm. wait until thirty-five. Excellent use of your. However, I'm worried about Sam Humphreys taking over in January. I mean, what's well, one thing? He's not taking over. It's, no, it's, it's a, a totally different, different story. Book. What do you guys think of the new cast? Psylocke, Storm, Spiral, Lady Phantom X, and Puck. <laughs> I think it's interesting. <laughs> it is interesting, but man, that's going to be hard to live up to that. Yeah, last. That's team. a tough act to follow. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm super excited. I'm. I, I I think I've said I'm I'm not super crazy about this last arc, with mm-hmm. with with like Weapon Omega and and Dakin and and sure, yeah. Shadow Man. Mm-hmm. I've never liked Shadow Man. Okay. Or Shadow King. Shadow King. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have against a claim game? Yeah. So what what do you guys think of Sam Humphreys and Nervous work? So I'd like to know what you guys think. So I'm personally looking for it. I I'm really excited. I'm more excited for that than Cable and X Force. I haven't been following Sam Humphreys like that much, but I've read some of his stuff and it's been it's been good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark Whittier, white, white R Whittier. Um, love the podcast. Mike and I just, sorry for butchering your name. My question is with dark and gritty reboots, what books would you like to be a little more lighter and what characters who don't have a solo book would you like to have one? What books would I like to be a little bit lighter? <laughs> no, but that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think like what dark books are there. I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, you, you there, there actually have been a lot of kind of light books recently. <laughs> it's like, well, should there be like a lighter Batman book? Well, you've got Brave and the Bold, which I well, well, no, I mean, you don't even have that anymore. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that, like the series is the comics gone, the cartoons gone. Yeah. It's like, should there be a Batman for younger readers? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Or so. at the very least, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, with that idea. So, what characters who don't have a solo book would you like to have one? I want Moon Knight to have a solo. <sighs> yeah. Moon Knight and would be cool. I want Rich Ryder back as, as Nova. I want Jon Stewart to have his own damn book. And Sarah wants Cassandra Cain. <laughs> yeah, but not a light version. No, I mean, a solo, solo book. That was a solo. solo book? I think it would be cool to see um, a Stephanie Brown and Damien team up. That would be awesome. <laughs> Just like Josh Williamson did. That was Supergirl. Was it Supergirl? Yeah. I thought it was, it was Stephanie. No, Supergirl. Whatever. That was great. Supergirl and Damien. It was that so great. great. I, it yeah. was so great. I forgot what it was. <laughs> That's super. No, it was really good. Actually, yeah, yeah. Um, ready as well. Illo twenty nine. This is Fred. I've been doing a lot of thinking about the whole five year timeline thing with New Fifty Two, especially when it comes to Batman mythos. I broke out my issue number one at Justice League and took a look. It clearly says there's no superheroes five years ago. The issue opens with Gotham, Gotham SWAT chasing down Batman in a hooded figure. Um, the SWAT team says all sort of things about jumping twenty feet. The whole five-year thing, but they're clearly referring to the guy Batman is chasing, not Batman himself. Then later, when Batman runs to Green Lantern, Hal says, so you are real, referring to Batman as being something of a myth or urban legend. Mm. Um, since Batman is technically not a superhero, do you think it's possible that maybe he's been around longer, say eight to ten years, or this would help explain quite a few things in a Batman timeline? I think, that, um, I think they pretty they, much said that in issue zero, didn't they? They, it's he hasn't been around ten years. No, not that long. So but. that I mean that was unfortunate with the zero issues where they they could have gotten away with it. I said that Nightwing should Dick should have been Robin before five years ago. Yes, and just people that know about it. But the zero issue contradicts that yep. idea. So <sighs> I think it's just time to get over. Yeah, that. Um, Joe 
says, I was wondering if you guys thought that in Justice League Beyond should have an expanded roster. I ask this because especially after Justice League Unlimited has so many characters and side characters, it offers, um, it makes the Beyond Justice League feel minuscule in comparison and the Batman Beyond Unlimited seems to be introducing new characters as well as such, um, such as Vigilante and a Catwoman not connected to Selena Kyle. So. Um. No, I think I think I like kind of the smaller roster because you get a more intimate feel and you get kind of a feel for the characters as opposed to with a bigger one where it's like, where the hell's that guy standing over there? <laughs> um, also, do you believe that they have shrunk the number of mutants in Ultimate X-Men too much? If there are only 20 of them on a reservation... Oh, wait, I didn't talk about that issue. It's really um, good. Read yeah. it. <laughs> um, so if there's only 20 of them on a reservation, only a few handful more out in the world, do you think that Captain America should have given them their own land or country for such a few people? Will there be a resurgence in mutant population because it seems like the aftermath of House of M plot can be fixed like the end of AVX with something like the Phoenix Force? Wouldn't even take the Phoenix Force. The cure would just like be shown to not work in the long term. You think so? That If they wanted to reverse it, yes. <laughs> um, so no, I, I think I really like where Ultimate X-Men is going. Again, you're getting like a really shrunk, like sort of intimate view of, of what's going on. And yeah, it's really messed up what's, what's happening to them. So I, I again, I'm trusting where they're going with it. It has not steered wrong in a very long time. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So Tony stepped out of the room. So if you don't hear him, that's why. Now it's down. They've taken dynamic over duo. The, con- the control room. Just stepped out is certainly one way of putting it. Yeah. All Violent right. takeover, more like. So there's a. There are actually a lot more questions from the forums, and we've got. Maybe another... theoretically not that much time. No, <laughs> not not really. Um, so we'll start with Lumberjack the Ripper. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, love it. I know, right? Hi, Vine. What's up? Big time fan, second time poster. Anyway, as always, I love the show, and I hope I make the cut again this week. You Boom. did. Congratulations. Boom. Before I jump into business, I want to thank you for reading my question last week. You're welcome. I get pretty excited when I hear my name being called and had to stop what I was doing to listen very carefully. It made yeah, my day. Also, thank you to Booster Bronze for reaching out with some additional suggestions. I love that name, too, Booster Bronze. Me, too. <laughs> This week, all I got is one question. So here's the deal. My wife and I agreed that she gets to name all of our children and I get to name all of our pets. That sounds like a pretty awesome deal because you'll probably have more pets than children. Hopefully. Maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, pets live let's get, a, like, lot, a, horse. a lot less. Yeah. So like, let's say you get a dog. The yeah. dog's alive for 14 years. Yeah. Then you get another dog and you get to name an, another animal. Yep. Uh, anyway. Okay. Remember, marriage is all about compromise. Of course. Yes. Don't I know it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Obviously, I got the better end of the deal. She only gets to name two to four children where I will be able to name a dozen or so pets. Yes. Boom. That being said, I named our dog Bodie Barksdale. Cute. Yes. After two characters from The Wire. If you haven't yeah. seen The Wire, stop the podcast and go do that. Write meow. I will <laughs> wait. Our tortoise got the name Lucky. Got the lucky name of King Joffrey. My wife wasn't too pleased with that choice. No, I'm sure that's... there will be some payback, and my firstborn son will be Aiden Shaw. <laughs> anyway, we got a 40-gallon terrarium. Cool. That we need to fill in. Since we're considering getting two bearded dragons. Awesome. Or a couple of frogs, since I named the first two pets after TV novel characters, I think it's time to pay homage to the comics. I was hoping we might be able to come up with a couple of good names. One name for a bearded dragon and two good ones in case we get some frogs. For the dragon... The best I got was Waylon Jones. Yeah. Please, Vine, help me figure out some names. You're my only hope. Your dragon should be Fin Fang Foom. So uh, then I, 
Thanks, Vine. And if we get some good names, no worries. I can always suck up and name the dog Mushu. Maybe my son will be named Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I have a bearded dragon. Awesome. Named Yoshi. There you go. Yes. Boom. You can't name your bearded dragon Yoshi because mine is named Yoshi. Yup. No. Um, I don't know. The, I mean, reptiles are like, I mean, you could do, oh, Fing Fing Foom. That was, I said that. I said you that did? the microphone. You I did? planted it subliminally. Into my, into my brain. Yep. So yeah. I, I think that's a good one. And for frogs. Well, there was a frog man. What was his name? He was entangled by the Spider-Man. <laughs> So look know. that up. Look up Tangled Web of Spider-Man. It's also a great story. I think Zeb Wells wrote it. Well, you know what? We can always like come back to this and... Yeah. Oh, Dupe. One of them should be named Dupe. Oh, totally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm going to think of more names and then I'm going to PM you there later you this week because I love coming up with little names. I just... My dog's name is Jonah after Jonah Hex because nice. he's only got three legs. Oh. Yeah. So I figured like, you know... Did you see that comic with the three-legged dog? It was really cute. No. Oh, there was an adorable comic with oh, the three-legged gosh. dog. It was oh, I just cute. love my dog so much. <laughs> Happy belated Thanksgiving. This is from Big Walt. Everybody and their families, I'm very thankful that I got the opportunity to chat and meet with you all this year. So with rumors swirling that Joseph Gordon-Levitt will be donning the cape and cowl for Justice League and a presumably as the next Batman in a Batman series of films, what do you guys slash gals think of Rian Johnson, Looper, Brick, helming the next series of Bat films? He's shown the ability to tell an intimate, dark detective story with Brick. God, I love Brick. And has had a previous working relationship with Gordon-Levitt. Um, I think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt should stay as far away as possible from the upcoming Batman franchise, if there Agreed. is one, as well as Justice League. Um, because it's just, it's like saying, okay, we're going to get Michael Keaton to be the next Batman. That's just a different franchise. That was a different era. This this one, while I I know I have my complaints about the uh, Nolan Batverse, sure, and the way that it ended, I think that it ended with closure, mm-hmm. and um, I like the possibility of there being you know Joseph Gordon Levitt taking over, but not as Batman. Yeah, and even even though the whole idea, according to Nolan, was that. The idea of Batman can be, he can be anyone, which right. is why you, you get that final scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt where he's, it looks like he's going to take over the Batcave, whatever. I don't think that that's a good thing to mix. I want the first Batman in the, in the Batman movies to be Bruce Wayne, yeah, not some guy who played Robin in, you know, whatever. Right. And I think, I don't know, I've also heard a lot of different scuttlebutt about how, uh, Earth One Batman is going to be the uh, the basis for the new movie, which I think is you you could do a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, totally. But Rian Johnson is cool. Yeah, that would be a really cool idea for the director because yeah, mm-hmm. I love Brick. That is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> this is from Savage Dragon. Hey guys, Corey, I know you are a fellow Invincible fan. Can you give your predictions for the eagerly awaited issue number one hundred? Oh my god, no. I can't because I'll be wrong because Robert Kirkman will she just throws curveballs yeah, left and right. Like the, it's called everybody dies, and we all thought that meant cast members, but no, it might not. Like, oh man, it might mean everybody. Tony actually stepped out, so this these two art questions we'll have to save for a, a later date. But I will let him know, Savage Dragon, and uh, Sarah. Do you think that Gambit is still worth getting anymore? <laughs> I love the character, but the series hasn't impressed me so far. I liked the issue 
but everything after that has been meh in my opinion. I just feel that the uh, I feel that James Asmus, okay, while trying to do something different, has not wowed with what Gambit's saying slash doing. Frankly, ever since the first issue, I've been disappointed with the addition of Marvel Now's all new X Men awesome and thunderbolts will be awesome hopefully to my pull list i'm considering dropping gambit on a side note i get a gambit vibe from the character calvin rose totally get that same yeah vibe too and calvin's a, seems like he's he's a cool character mm-hmm. we actually ran an interview last week with uh james tinian the <gasps> third yeah who's the current writer for the talent series but this is a this is a dc character for those of you who are not familiar um, so you, you should check that out because he sort of talks a little bit about what, what the future for Calvin, uh, is and, and what it holds for him. This ain't no stuff, tiger. Yeah. Um, I actually, I remember you really encapsulated what I don't like about Gambit, <laughs> which is, uh, it, this feels like a character who hasn't grown over the last 10 or so years because he, years. he totally has not. Yeah. Like this, yeah. this feels like they're trying to recapture like the nineties cartoon. Mm-hmm, totally. Like that. Like he should be in his late thirties by this point. He totally. should not still be, you know, this shallow, this vapid. Exactly. <laughs> and one of the things that was great about uh, Marjorie Liu when she was writing Gambit was that he felt like he had a lot of growth because he'd taken on X twenty three as sort of totally. A, a, he sort of became his uh, her mentor, mm-hmm. you know, and and there was a great dynamic between those two characters. And he was still fun loving, like he doesn't totally, need to be yeah. serious. I'm no. not saying that, but he, I mean, he still went out and snuck off on a few dates, so yeah. and you know, he had hints of that, but um, but but he also showed a lot of maturity and depth in taking care of of Laura. <laughs> yeah, and I, and that was. I feel the natural progression for the character. Now I feel like he has taken a few steps backwards. It's also like it's uncharted. Totally. It's, <laughs> like, and what the heck is going on? Like, what is this exactly? <laughs> I, I do like how the, uh, the cover to the last issue, I think came out around the same time as the, um, James Bond movie right. where he's like wearing a tux and he's standing yeah. in front of like a British flag. I don't know. It's sort of goofy. <laughs> um, but if you're not reading Hawkeye, you oh, might get man. some of what, some of Gambit's better characteristics and traits in Hawkeye in yeah. a better written, yeah, you and know what? more interesting story. There's an idea. Drop Gambit, pick up Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, if you really, if you really want that. Final question to everyone. I recently discovered a gem of a book that I took as a recommendation from my LCS. Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly's We Three with a dog. We Three, yeah, yeah. It's called We Three, yeah. That's- I- I thought this book was beautiful. It was such an emotional story for me. I loved it and I'm thankful that I now own it in hardcover. Congratulations. I have read that book once and don't feel like I could read it again. Not because it was bad, but because it is heartbreaking. Yeah. If you love animals, that book will make you sob. Oh, God. (laughs) Sounds like a horrible idea, Corey. It's it's got a really happy ending, if that's any (laughs) consolation. But like, oh, and the... It's about like very to make it very quick. It's about like this government project to put these animals in these cybernetic shells and make them like ultra killers. But it also gives them the ability to talk, but not intelligently. Like they talk like how animals would actually talk. Mm-hmm. And but it's a three issue series. It, it's about a dog, a cat, and a rabbit. And in between each issue, you get to you see the missing posters for the pets, like that was from their owners. And it's just it adds this whole other like just needle through the heart <laughs> um let's see it's oh, yeah. uh two Love minutes after 12 we can stop now or we could keep going i don't see anyone out there should we should we um, push forward let's get one more one or two more all right one or two more <laughs> this is from josh co 
<laughs> I like how his icon is a, a Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Question. It looks like we're seeing that RIP story and Battle for the Cow stories happen in the new 52. What other classic storylines do you think happened <laughs> or want to have happened? And could some stories like Hush still happen again in a new way? Mm, I wouldn't want to see Hush happen again. That was... It was lightning in a bottle. You didn't like it? No, I love it. But oh, yeah. That's why I don't want to see it happen again. Well, I think <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite sure I understand the question because it seems like he's asking well, like, okay, for whether inst- those stories happened in regards to this new continuity in the I don't new 52. Think, I don't think anything involving Superboy Prime happened. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I, I don't think the death of Superman happened. I think it's been confirmed that all of the crises didn't happen either. Yeah. Right? So he's saying that RIP happened and Battle for the Cowl happened. Yeah, um, I think that was so Grant Morrison's stories, right? Because I mean, Grant Morrison had been on the Batman book prior to Scott Snyder had having taken over, right? And he did R.I.P. and then Battle for the Cowl happened, and then he launched Batman Incorporated. So rather than looking at it as like separate arcs, Grant Morrison's run on Batman has been one continuous run since for Batman life. and Son. Yeah. All the way up to Batman Incorporated exactly. is one continuous story. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and I think that that and I think Tony will disagree with me, but I look at that and I look at what Scott Snyder is doing as two different Absolutely. versions of Batman. Absolutely. Like like I just don't see them meshing. So when I think of okay, Battle for the Cowl happened, I think of that as like Grant Morrison's Batman having occurred and i think that they try too hard to make it merge like make those two universes merge when you should just keep them separate you know it was because like everyone flipped out everyone was calling new 52 a reboot and i feel like dc like they should have embraced that yeah they spun it what it was no they should have just said yes it's a reboot because that's what it is it very very clearly is a reboot yeah (laughs) and but you know what i have to i have to give it up to marvel though because i i feel like they restarted their like they pressed the reset button on their universe and they launched all these new books but they still managed to maintain a lot of their continuity. Yeah, I don't feel like Marvel now is a reboot at all. I feel no. like it's new costumes, new rosters on a lot of things in response mm-hmm. to AVX, but it's I feel like everything still happened. Yeah, exactly. And I think that makes a lot of people less upset. Mm-hmm. But I think DC needed it more. I well, think we, DC needed we didn't answer the more. question. What no. stories do we think should have happened? I, I don't think any of them happened, honestly. Like... I think we're finding out which ones happened. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I think maybe Hush happened in that there is a villain called Hush. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I don't think Doomsday. No, and I think, no, better. absolutely not. <laughs> no, I, I think DC is totally not down with having Doomsday. Or, like, the, like, I think the Sinestro Corps War had to have happened, but somehow without Superboy Prime or Cyborg Superman. <laughs> like, that's where it gets really tricky. I'm throwing tricky. on my hands. I have no answers. <laughs> Um, but as far as like things that should have happened or we wish that had happened, I, I mean, I say I'm like, I feel like I beat this horse to death, but <laughs> I wish that Cassie was still around. That's yeah. it. Um, so one more. Sure. One more. Nelius Prime asks, hey, guys, love both Comic Vines podcasts. Keep up the hard work. I appreciate what you guys do. Anyways, how do you think the original X-Men will stay in the present in all new X-Men? <laughs> kind of discussed this. <laughs> I understand that a series can have many story arcs in a very short amount of time, but how long will they stay there? I don't know. I like, uh, yeah, like we, we kind of laced over this a little this. bit. Yeah. It's, it's either going to be mind wipe or tangent universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it. All right. We're good. 
I think so. Maybe we should go. Oh, my God. One more. All right. You know what? We're going to do a couple more. All right. <laughs> okay. Tony and Sarah. This is from Josh Co again. Tony's not here. Nope. Sarah. Are there any pre-New 52 <laughs> stories that you feel are better off not being included in the New 52? I love Nightfall and Azrael as bats when it happened, but I'm not sure the story would feel, fit well within the new compressed yeah, timeline. Bat- Batman was paralyzed for two weeks. <laughs> Azrael was Batman for two weeks. Right? <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I mean, they've got the new Asriel, and I actually I, really I think like him. <laughs> I think there's a lot of the new 52 that I don't like. Yeah. You know? so <laughs> And I feel like there's more that I don't like than I do like. And I know that's a lot fair. of people don't agree with me, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. But um, still, liked yeah. those stories a lot. Yeah, I kind of want to see where they go with the fresh timeline. I don't know if any of them should be. like No, just, you know, start in. over. But I think we can assume that a lot of the Batman stories did happen. Yeah. I don't know about Nightfall, though. I don't know about, like, specifics, though. Like, because, yeah, there is probably... Hush probably exists, but did hu- did all of that... Happen? Happen, like... Because uh, Jason Todd is so different now. Right. You know? Who, Two, is, who is he? Because right now, he's a hero. He's he's playing on the same team as Batman. Right. Whereas, you know, a year ago, he would have been like, I freaking want to kill you. Right. Two faces in it. Does that mean that all of the Long Halloween and Dark Victory and Haunted Night happened? Mm-hmm. Probably, but maybe not all exactly like that. So it's kind of like it happened, but maybe not exactly as written. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, this will be the last one because this is this was posted two two weeks ago. Sweet. Okay, hey guys, loads of questions here, so here we go. Tony, do you ever announce who the guest on the second podcast will be before it goes out? Loved hearing Scott and Brian chat, by the way. No. No, I never announced that. Sarah, do you think the female talent from Batgirl will be the new Cassandra Kane? I hope not. <laughs> Everyone, what did you think of the twist in ASM 698? Of course, probably best not to spoil it right now. I thought it was brilliant, and I've read the issue about seven times. Oh, yeah. I it, loved it. It dropped my jaw. There you go. <laughs> Everyone, is it okay to publicly spoil Dark Knight Rises now? I yes, think we, so. We pretty much just did, so I hope so. What do you think of the JGL as Batman news for Justice League? I think it's a rumor. I don't think it's going to happen. Me neither. Hope not. Corey, does your comic store have back issues box? Yes. My LCS gets all of the unsold comics that are a few months old and sells them at about 50, 50p each, 50 cents each. 50p. I think that's uh, British, I want to say. This is quite good Maybe for not. starting a new series, but it is bad financially for the store. Um, we, we sell our back issues for a dollar. Thanks if you answered them all. You're welcome. Boom. And on that note, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's Comic Vine podcast. Thanks, guys. Uh, next week we will have one, and it's before our break. The office is going to be closed, so you're going to see like a slight decrease in the number of articles that go up on the site. Yes. Um, Corey, I don't know if you're coming in for that. because I, I don't either, and Tony's not here. <laughs> because I think that uh, I'm going to be out of town, okay. so he's Skyping me in. Gotcha. And he might be coming into the office. I don't know, but you guys can work that out. Okay, yeah. Other than that, don't forget, Tony's also got another podcast where he has guests. One-on-one. Yeah, and he he did talk to some people this week. So you'll have to tune in. I think it's up every Wednesday. I'm not sure. Yes. Yes? I'm going to say yes. Okay. it's up every Wednesday. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. That's it. Happy holidays. Yeah. (laughs) See ya. Yeah, let's let's do this. Hey, I want that on my full list. Comic sales have gone up fifteen percent.
excellent point. So, so we're seeing Batman with his armor, and he's fighting in a way that he doesn't normally fight. Cool. The Guardians are, are doing crazy things. Spider-Man's seeing with She-Hulk.